What up? What up? What up? Hi there. Hello there. How are ya? Welcome back to another episode of B2P Between the Posts. Two posts, excuse me, with Everett, Kyle, and newly added co-host Evan Moyes. Um, today's episode, we got Adam Shield lined up. Sick interview. Guy plays uh, in the Dallas organization. Was at the program. Kicked it over to Benticton. Uh, went to Nodak. Incredible hockey school. And uh, he's just a gritty guy that came out of Cleveland, you know. So stick around for a great interview. But uh, Kyle, Evan, how are you, boys? Living the dream. Yeah, we're doing good. Uh, slight technical difficulties during this interview. Um, completely sunny out here. Like, I'm going to look at the weather. I want to say it's probably like 90 degrees. Like, beautiful beach day. 85, right? Could go to the beach. Yep. Lightning. Just like... In, in clear skies, just lightning striking down, got our power, got our Wi-Fi, and had to take L for a couple minutes. Um, I mean, that is the story of Florida. I've driven through a couple times where, like, you just, like, everything's chill, beautiful, boom, storm, and, like, you can't see, and you're like, holy, I, this is tough to drive in. So, Yeah. Kyle, you got a lot to paint, eh? Yeah, we're busy. Just finished up uh, Ev's mask with a little B2P action on the back. So uh, sick. everyone on the pod is now taken care of. Yeah, we're all New Jack's clients. Yep. We are. Yep. Uh, all Vaughn guys, too. Yeah, Important that's kind of the theme. Yeah. Um, the theme. But yeah, we're just cranking away, trying to keep people happy. So good, man. Good. Evan, how's the bar? How's uh, how's the life out in the land? Good. You know, uh, had a long morning, uh, checking in some orders from a couple beer distributors and then, uh, Gordon food service. Good old uh, GFS. Yeah. So that's about the, uh, extent of my morning. And, you know, now I'm, I'm happy to be here shooting the shit a little bit. Got to talk to my boy Sheeler and, uh, no, I, 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 uh, I thought that interview went really well and, you know, always good to get another Cleveland guy in the chat here. So, yeah. Oh yeah. Anything for the great state of Ohio. Um, first things first, I do want to ask you guys uh, about, I mean, this is kind of old, but I just wanted to see what your thoughts were with uh, the Michigan head coach getting the, uh, the old boot there. I mean, obviously I'm an Ohio state guy, so huge for you. Yeah. You, you like to see it, but on the same hand, you know, obviously in a serious note, like that's not ideal. And I think, um, I think some of the stuff that was happening there happens uh, more throughout hockey than, you know, everyone thinks. And I, I don't really like as far I'm talking the COVID thing. I don't know any, any of the other stuff, but I know lying on the COVID tests, like in pro and college and junior, I feel like that's kind of just status quo. And the fact that that was kind of the, the thing that seemed to be the, the, the big breaker. thing get him in. I was like, I was, yeah. I was pretty surprised to see that. I, I, you know, I, I don't know a lot of the other stuff that went on behind the scenes, but yeah, well, I, I was kind of, now, I, go ahead. Sorry. Like, especially now that like COVID's like gone, like if it, if this happened, like when it was like still a big deal, like, yeah, like I, I, there, people gotten way worse than fired. But like at this point, I feel like COVID's kind of like the, the restrictions and requirements just Monkey aren't. Monkey pox is what we're worried about now. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 So 
um yeah i, I don't know i just i thought it was interesting and it, it kind of shines a light but i think the the thing that i want to keep in mind is there's a lot of stuff that happens behind scenes that you do or don't know so you hear one side of the story and obviously like this kind of like puts him in the light of like like he deserved it this is all the things that happened and this is why he's wrong but like what really went on so that it, to me it leaves a lot of question marks and i'm kind of curious like you'll never it's one of those stories you'll never hear unless there's something that pops up 10 years down the road where like players come out and say this that or the other thing but uh i mean i even saw in one of the articles i was reading that uh a law like a i don't know a law associates uh firm i think came in and they surveyed anonymously all the players and a lot of the responses based on this anonymous you know, survey uh, were a lot in the same and they aligned kind of with what what that report had been talking about. So I think uh, I think it's interesting. I, it's just one of those things you kind of got to keep your head on a swivel and always be conscious of like where you're at as uh, a player, how you're getting treated and making sure that you're doing the right things for yourself and the team. Also making sure that like it's never self-centered. It's always team first. So yeah. I think it was just an interesting thing to kind of look at and highlight. But uh Kyle, myself, Evan, I don't, I, you haven't seen, so we're going to fill you in. Uh, I think I have a screenshot, so I'll upload that. But Kyle, tell us a little bit about what happened on Instagram the other day that we haven't really addressed. So we got uh, our buddy, good old Trav for Oilers. Um, Which I don't even, I still don't even know what that means. Like, yeah, I've never, I've never. What are you for the oil for? So I, when it first came out, I thought it, he was like a big Oilers super fan. So I thought he like, I thought Trav for Oilers meant like he travels for the Oilers to like go watch them. And then I learned his name's Trav. And then he doesn't even really post like a lot of Oilers content. So then I was just even more confused. So in a blender. I, I don't know. I'm not a, I'm not like a Trav super fan. So I couldn't tell you like his, his whole origin story. Um, yeah. but, but anyways, he has beef with not just us. He has beef with every single equipment manufacturer company because at the end of the day, he's a severely below average goaltender and he openly criticizes the brand of gear that he's in every time. So the, the issue with that is like this, right? I'm in Vaughn. When I get scored on, I know it's not because of my gear. I know it's because... That's my own ability to stop the puck just isn't at that level, right? Or, yeah, lack thereof. <laughs> right, exactly. This guy goes in Vaughn, gets 10-piece, says these pads suck. Well, then he switches brands, right? Now he goes to Warrior, still sucks, blames the gear. And at the end of the day, all these companies are like, why would... And he's asking for gear from these companies saying like, oh, I'll promote for free. it. For yeah, free. I'll promote it for free. And, and, and uh, anyways... So he posts a, a clip of him letting up an absolute muffin on the on the on the along the ice from the corner, like real bad goal, and clips it and blames the rotation of the pad and says like his he's in a true pad now. And he's like, Yeah, these pads don't rotate. Like the only reason this goal is given up is because of the rotation of the pads and it was poorly engineered and all this stuff, right? Tag and true, all this stuff. Then we get to uh, our Florida man, Vaughn guy, Cam Johnson, just throws out a little nice little comment for Vaughn, says Vaughn's better, right? Simple. 
so then Trav gives a little uh, little joust back, tags uh, the personal accounts because I guess he's blocked from the Vaughn IG. So, uh, and and basically asked to try the new SLR three because maybe it's it's better than the old SLRs um, because the old SLRs were not good pads because he was getting scored on in those. Yeah. Um. Well, what's but- crazy is I've worn the that old SLR pad for the last. Uh, five or six years now Forever. and I've literally worn the same one for the past five or six years never uh never never been scored on because of the pads I think it was always something well, exactly <laughs> that's that's the key theme here and uh and probably my favorite comment of the entire comment section is Zach Fucali coming in from the top rope and and just saying don't wear it then Trav <laughs> which is pretty comical that he, basically he just every time he gets a new set gives up a weak goal and says oh well the pad didn't rotate the pad doesn't seal the pad doesn't slide as well in this situation it's just there's a lot of uh user error the i think there's a couple things here <clears throat> first thing is he used a clip of brian elliott from his days as a Philadelphia Flyer to re like reinforce and back up his his goal against with data, and it's like that's the one you're gonna use from X amount of years ago. That was probably a fluke on you know Elliot's part. Yeah. Are you kidding? So I I don't understand that. Two, I don't really understand where he's been playing, quote unquote pro. Um, I still like you really have to understand that because I I was trying to. I'm not going to lie. I, I clicked on a couple of YouTube videos when he was there and I was trying to watch the skates and the goals. And I don't think if you're ever playing pro hockey of any sort, they would let you put a GoPro in the net during your pro hockey games. Yeah. So like, I didn't well, even really need to up, watch that up too. Just the fact that like you mic'd up before games and put a little GoPro case inside your net, I think is mind blowing to me. And to call yourself a pro hockey player uh, is mind blowing. Is it true that he's blocked from Vaughn? Yeah, because all he did was ask for stuff back then. Exactly. He would bag on everything, which, like, there's a lot of people out there, like gear influencers that don't ask for stuff, but you can tell, like, that when they get it, they pump up the brands, they, you know, cooperate, and they try to, you know, boost it. But uh, you just don't need to partner with somebody with, like, that's going around doing that kind of thing. There's no advantage to us. Yeah. I, I have well, more of an not advantage. Only- it's not only like no advantage, it's a disadvantage because he, he literally goes out there and bags on the products. Yeah. Like it's, it's not even like, he's like, Oh, well this part was really nice and this helped my game. It's like, and it's not even, it's not even the other part where, where it's like, Oh, like it, the fit just doesn't feel right or anything. It's he's literally saying like, Oh, because of the pads rotation, I got scored on here. Yeah. I gave up this goal because of my glove. It's like it, it's just no accountability. He just, he's a terrible goaltender in my opinion. So I don't know. I mean, that's what it comes down to. I, and I was going to say, I have more, we, we would gain more from having Kyle do laps in a Tampa Bay Jersey and warmups with no bucket. No question. Then having a guy who's going to go play in the federal prospect hockey league in Detroit. He's not even going to make the team though. That's the thing. Like a lot of, I, I, I love reading comments and a lot of kids were arguing on his post of like, is he a pro or not? And then it came down to the argument of like, well, the Fed is a pro league, right? And then other kids are saying like, yeah, but like he hasn't even played in the Fed yet, much less like proven himself even at the at the Fed level. So like you're like just reaching for I, I think this is 
this has got to be like one of the last years of him having any credibility because once people see that he can't even make it in the fed like you're you're kind of just like people seeing your cards at that point you know yeah like when you're in sweden you can go play beer league in sweden and and like no one here has any idea of telling like what the level's like but when you come back to the u.s and like we all know the fed yeah there's no there's not a league below it so if he doesn't make it like you're just straight up have to admit that you're not a pro hockey player I mean, that's what it comes down to. Yeah. But it's probably going to be the pad's fault. Well, yeah, that's the reason he's going to make the video after he gets cut. Because when are, you were going to go to the tryouts, right? Yeah, I was. I wanted to go the and do a content piece yeah. and uh, have beers before the before our skates. And just I thought it'd be funny because the bar's up there. And, you know, we're in with the bartenders from Tuesday night's uh, Latinum League at Frazier Roller. And uh, just be good little, you know, get mic'd up show the experience, basically do what Port and I did for the Florida Panthers yeah. backup e-bug. Um, but they asked for some money and it's just, I'm not going to pay into, yeah. you know, their tape fund. So sorry about it. It's like an all main camp. I remember, do you, you know, Gwilly, right? Obviously Jake. Yeah. Paul. Friend of the podcast. We had him on here. Yeah. Blue collar grit, dude. One of my, one of my favorite things I ever saw was in GGSU the one time someone like posted like, Hey, like I might go to the, the Johnstown Tomahawks main camp. Like they said, they really like me They're You know, they're offering me this and that. And Willie's like, you can Willie, Willie literally commented. He goes, you should go. You'll pay for my sticks next year. <laughs> Holy. The nice part is, though, Jacob Gwillem today versus when he was a 16-year-old kid, he's much more mature. And I think uh, looking back at that, he'd have a laugh still, which is good. Yeah, but also, like, that's the only person who's going to tell you the truth because, like, all those all those people who run the camps, like... No, oh, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're yeah. going to give you a look. We're going to have you out. Moiser, we're going to... We really want to see you come skate. Yeah. Cut after the first cut. All right, thanks. Do I get any of that money back? No. Oh, sir. Call call us next year. We're gonna have another camp. Yeah. All right. Yeah. 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 We'll be back. I thought you looked really good this year, but you know we think you need another year. Yeah. Where Where are you playing again? Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. 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 We 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 got guys out there. We'll keep tabs on you. Yeah. No, but it's it's. I mean, and you see, like you know, it started in junior. Every junior team has fifteen camps, and you know, it's three hundred dollars. You get to keep your jersey. You know, you have your fun, whatever, and. You know, it's like now, now SP teams are doing it. Fed teams are yeah. doing it. And I mean, even, I think there's a couple of coasts, like I know Toledo used to do like some coast teams are doing it. And it's just like, like people, like, I mean, I guess people want to do it for the experience and say like, Hey, I went to a pro tryout. I did this and that. And, but it's like, is it really, is it really a pro tryout or is it just a, a beer league skate that, you know, Tom and Larry from, the C league on Monday nights went to that just so they could say they went to approach. You know what I'm saying? Well, it's, it's Yeah, exactly. I had a, a buddy who played D one, didn't get any looks, went to one of those like open uh, coast camps and supposedly played lights out. No one even talked to him the whole time. And like that, he had a coming from like a legit background, good showing. And like, they just need some, some funding for the season. They probably well, already had a, their, the- there was nobody on staff watching those games. Exactly. Exactly. Teams already picked like, yeah, their assistant, assistant GM to the assistant was probably sitting in the stands with a clipboard trying to make it look like that was his job for the day. Hey, you're going to sit here and just like make doodles on this little clipboard here. (laughs) Pretend that, you know, you're watching this game. Yeah. Um, Yeah. I don't know. It's uh, I mean, 
to, to backtrack it to uh to the main question here is um yeah no thanks man we're uh we're all set so good luck you know if you need anything while you're in detroit like you want to know where the best coney dog is or where to get some chicken tenders you definitely let me know i can hook you up with a crispy cream location but uh outside of that yeah we're, i think we're we're, we're set so well, I, I got a real hot take here okay Maybe we, I've never maybe, seen you so fired up before, to be honest. Yeah. I've never seen you show so much emotion. <laughs> no, I love I love like any opportunity to talk down on like someone who like if you're not with us, you're against this type of thing. So yeah. but anyways, hot take. Let's have him on the pod. You want to? I, I think it'd be great. Like you get to just put him on the spot with whatever you want to ask. Like Okay. We'll talk. We'll think about it. I think we got some big ones lined up, but maybe we can squeeze them in. Like once once hockey season starts and after his big camp, we can touch base and see how that it'll, went for him. It'll be like, uh, did you see when the those Island Brothers were on the Jake Paul podcast and like, <laughs> got up and walked off? So, so if it doesn't work out for you guys, if it doesn't work out, what are you guys yeah. going to do? Like you could sell a lot of that jewelry for money and they just walked off. Yeah. We're going to be like, Trav, so like after – after next week when you get cut from the fed team like what's what's your plan what's your move <laughs> yeah so like is there anything back in winnipeg waiting for you like job wise no the youtube career is still gonna pop off cool i mean the I, thing I do... is the thing is ev he doesn't have that many subs on youtube to where it's like like he's he, he can't be making even like enough money to where it's still worth doing what he's doing do you know his sub amount off off the top of your head I'll look it up. Just so is he that, under a mil? I would guess yes. I mean, it's tough to get to a mil. Mil subs, you get the little plaque. But yeah, like the whole thing, like being a content creator and this and that. Like I saw there was a kid who's... Uh... Yeah, dude. What's it at? You're not going to even believe when I tell you this. Like this guy, he must, he must be like hurting for money. 80K subs. That's... On YouTube. I mean, that's nothing. That's l- like literally no money in terms of profit from, from YouTube. Yeah, like them giving you your kickbacks. Um, yeah. Like we probably make more from, I mean, from this I podcast. I don't really know anything about that. Like what level is he at in Sweden? The lowest level. Like, dude, literally beer league. Evan, he put a GoPro in the net during the game. <laughs> I mean, I had like... Kids that go over there and play in like it's like hockey etan or division one or whatever. No, like, dude, it's di- it's four divisions lower than that. Li- like, there's legit a kid from Cleveland, and he will he'll tell you straight up. I think he's in division two or division three, which is like lo- I know it's lower end or whatever, and he'll legit tell you it, it is beer league. Like for those guys, it's like senior A, it's like GLHL or whatever that league is that like is in uh wisconsin yeah that you get to fight in yeah it's like it's just hitting men's league yeah yeah so i mean just since we're on the topic of bagging him um played in uh sweden division three which is like like it's the the elshvenskin and then shl elshvenskin e10 division one two and then three yeah and he he had four point three three goals against average, and an eight eight save percentage. So, like, you don't 
like you don't exactly move up with numbers like that. No, but you move countries and you, you, you know, yeah. countries and leagues. So you blame the gear with numbers like that. That's what you yeah. do. Exactly. So, I mean, I, from, I never want to give someone that does what he does credit, but I do, I will give him credit in the fact that he does the clickbait thing, which I think is like so corny and cheesy. He's created followers and 80,000 subs isn't anything to live off of on YouTube. But I will say it's it's impressive because to put yourself out there and to do that stuff is uh it's not easy. But at the same time, like you you need to have a little piece of humble pie because heads getting a little bit too big and like the stuff that's getting out there is just it's ridiculous and it's kind of embarrassing. Um so I'm not defending, I'm just, you know, like what he does, there's there's a little bit of credit there. But uh am I a fan? Absolutely, absolutely not. So do you think do you think Siege was just trying to stir the pot with that comment? No, I well, because that whole thing, there's no way he even knows who he is. So maybe he was just trying to like give him some advice and just be like, hey, it's better. Cause even at the end, he was really like, you know, nice about it. He's like, Yeah, like I'll talk to the guys over there for you. Um, which will not be me, it'll be Scott here. So that's good. <laughs> uh but uh but yeah it's one of those things like just i don't know in in michigan we'd say fly a kite so yeah that's all i got this week boys um anything else moiser i thought there was something that i wanted oh the ohio state michigan outdoor game boom a little content piece kyle you want to come see some snow again yeah i guess sure yeah, I mean it's it's on our budget, which our uh, accounts up to like three dollars. So yeah. <laughs> you know, like you, you could take a step outside your house on an electric scooter, and that's about it. Oh, so. a few more pods, I'll get an Allegiant flight. We'll be on our way. <laughs> Maybe Man, a little spirit. Legit, the like the like the minute they announced it, I texted like four guys that I played with still like on the team and the goalie coach. I'm like, you guys are all giving me your tickets, and I am bringing every person like in my family, every one of my friends, like, man, the fact that I missed that by two years, like I was legit, I was like, I, I was like opening the bar when they, uh, when like the post went up on Instagram and my dad, my dad was there like doing, working on something. And, and I was like, legit sad. I'm like, man, I missed this by two years. Like this would have been the coolest thing ever. Like OSU, Michigan in my home city. Like, could you, uh, could you cash in your COVID years now? Yeah. Take your I, extra years. Go to Montreal. <laughs> I'm gonna do. I'm gonna do whatever I can to get down there on that field when they're playing. Or there's got to be like an alumni game too. Oh, that'd be so sick. I'd oh, probably, I'd probably, yeah. I probably wouldn't make the cut though. That's the no, problem. but the, dude, they'll all be in season. Like anyone who's still playing is still. No, in- but even still, you got like Dave Caruso is an alumni. He's not in season. He was nasty. Like Dust Dusty's a Dusty plays men's league like every night of the week, and he's actually like. I think he, he, dude, he takes it serious. Like he'll legit, he'll legit send me like live barn clips. <laughs> he loves it, dude. He just battles his bag off and just goes for it. But no, um, that's I. When I saw that come out, I was so excited for it. And even, I mean, you text me right away, Evan. and I was like, dude, we're going. If we can, uh, if you find a way, we'll do we'll do a vlog and uh, we'll record it and we'll turn you in. And the next, we'll be uh, it'll be Evan for Blue Jackets or something like that. Dude, we'll uh, yeah, Evan for Blue Jackets. No, we'll uh, we'll get uh, I mean, Snowy's a Bond guy, so we'll get we'll get Snowy. We'll do we'll get we'll cash in on the uh, NIL. Yeah. NIL with him. 
So, alrighty, everybody, if you're still listening to us ramble on, we got a great interview. Adam Scheel, absolute beauty. Kids, uh, born and raised Cleveland boy, has a lot of grit and uh, just overall good guy. So, uh, tune in next Wednesday. Episodes every Wednesday. They come out, I think, at 8 a.m. Uh, and don't be afraid to subscribe, like, share, follow. Send DMs to Evan about uh, razzles and any volleyball events. Send DMs to Kyle and New Jacks about paint jobs and how cool his uh, lap with the St. Louis Blues was and uh, honey stinger waffles and all that kind of thing. And we'll see you next week. From the land of Cleveland, Evan Moises shared home. His name is Adam. His last name is Sheil. He's been all over the country. He's played in a handful international. He's played for an uh, incredible college hockey program. Adam Sheil, how are you doing this afternoon? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me, guys. Are you uh, are you two in the same house right now? No, we are not. I uh, I'm in Lakewood. Moisa, where are you? In Olmsted Falls. Olmsted Falls, baby. The, the nicest Falls. city Connor. in Ohio. Blue collar. <laughs> second, second to Lakewood. Yeah, you want to talk about some grit? I've been I've been Olmsted Falls. There's some blue collar grit there, bud. What do you know about that, Sheeler? Uh, I, honestly, I haven't spent too much time in Olmsted Falls. But they do have some grit out there. I mean, anywhere with Moises, there's got to be some grit. Yeah, that's for sure. Um, Sheila, you and Moises, you, your guys' rooms are kind of giving off the same vibes. Just like one color cut on the walls, a little bit of light coming in, the blinds. I like that. Is that just an Ohio vibe? or? It might be. I don't know. I don't think we need too much. Four walls and a roof over our head, and that's about it. <laughs> just pure grit, huh? Yeah, absolutely. Doesn't take much to make us happy. No, not at all. Simple guys, simple guys. Um, so Adam, when you were playing hockey, when did you learn how to skate? Ooh, I uh, I think I started doing like learning skates when I was around three. Were you bad? Just, uh, you know, I don't even know. I uh, I remember some of the other kids like you just go out on the ice and. I had like a best buddy who I tried it with and he, my mom always tells me that he would just leave the ice crying all the time. And I guess I <laughs> loved it out there. And I guess it uh, kind of just grew from there into what it is today. Well, we're, uh, I mean, we're excited that you stuck with it and you didn't cry and get off the ice because uh, otherwise I don't know what you would have done, you know, with a different route. Would, did, did you go up playing other sports? Like, would you have, you know, done anything differently? Yeah. So I kind of dabbled in all sports. I mean, I played baseball my whole life until I was 16 until I went to go play junior. Um, played a couple years of football, although my football career was cut short. <laughs> I had played two seasons in seventh and eighth grade and both <laughs> years I had a season ending injury. So <laughs> football was a little too violent for me. I think, uh, maybe my bones are a little too brittle. Uh, I played a little bit of soccer growing up. I think I played like one or two years of like little kid soccer. Um, but yeah, mostly other than that, just hockey and baseball for the most part. Okay, cool, cool. What what was your position going to be if you would have even made it to a game in football? Oof, a wide I, receiver? Uh, yeah, I was wide receiver, and then I uh, played a little bit of D-back. So some cornerback and free safety. I could see you bringing down some one-handers in the end zone. Huh? Yeah, yeah. I actually led my seventh-grade team in interceptions. So <laughs> put that on the mantle. Do you, tell, do you tell girls about that too? Uh, You know, I do. I think it's kind of a – a little bit of a brag if you ask me is it is it tackle at that point or still two-hand touch no it was it was tackle okay. at that point yeah where'd you, wait uh, where yeah. did you go to like uh like school growing up uh i just went to lakewood like lakewood schools so i went to middle school and then i went to 
two years uh, at Lakewood High. Gotcha, gotcha. My sister lives right around the corner there. She lives like right down the street from Barrio, kind of. So. Oh, really? I live like right down the street from Barrio. Yeah, she lives on Archdale, if you know where that is. Uh-uh. No, I'm in Elmwood, so it's a couple, probably a couple streets away, but it's got to be close. I don't know why I thought I, there's a there's like a high school powerhouse football program. It's called St. Ed's, like in Cleveland. I don't know why I thought you went to St. Ed's. I think it's probably just because you're from Lakewood. I thought you just naturally went there, but obviously I know when you went to the program, you're probably in Plymouth or wherever up there. So yeah, no, I'm a, I'm a public school kid. I feel like you learn a couple more things going to public school. Okay. Yeah, uh, you get a little more crafty. Yeah, right, yeah. Exactly, extra. yeah. Learn to think on your feet a little bit. <laughs> By the way, learn how to survive. Did you guys hear that when I just got up? What? Well, it's like it's sunny out here and literally like lightning just struck like a tree next door. Like no joke, like just lightning. In, they in Texas? In Tampa, but like. Oh, yeah. I was like, yeah. I don't know if it if it if the sound went through. Like, no. I didn't hear it. No. Uh, I mean, that'd be a good name for a pro team there. You know, Lightning? <laughs> yeah. She's sick. It sounds like it could do it. I didn't do all right. <laughs> um, all right. You know, like, you spent a lot of time with the Cleveland Barons. You're a local kid. Just absolute, you know, stick to the association, and you really blossomed. We love to see that, Sheeler. Um, but I think the most interesting thing is the experience you got to have at the program. Now, remind me, because I'm getting old, and uh, the the mind's going a little bit. Were you always at uh, Plymouth, or did you were you at the Cube at all? Oh, uh, we were at the Cube. Cube. Yes, okay. we played out of Plymouth at USA Hockey Arena now. But we were the last team to live in Ann Arbor. So we, my 17 year was the first year that we were at USA Arena. Uh huh. So we lived in Ann Arbor, went to Pi High, Pioneer High oh, School in yeah. Ann Arbor. Yeah. So we were the last. Last crop to go to Pie High, and then we would drive from Ann Arbor to the rink in Plymouth. Because I think most of the guys go to PSEP now, either PSEP or Northville. Mm-hmm. I think some go to Novi, maybe. Could you imagine if, like, you know, this would never be a thing, but if all those guys ended up at, like, you know, Northville and they all played high school hockey, how dominant that team would be? Oh, I can only imagine. Disgusting. <laughs> that was, yeah. Disgusting. When, um, but Sheeler – the program, you know, like we've talked to a lot of guys that have been there. It's obviously a very, very special and unique experience. Um, we've been talking to people that maybe, you know, kind of missed out on their cut. You go through a lot of interviews. It's a pretty intense process on top of making 40 man and then like being able to stop a couple pucks at tryouts. Mm-hmm. What uh, what was it like trying to get into the program? And, you know, was it something you knew about before or was when people and uh, coaches and scouts start talking to you, was that all kind of like eye-opening? Like, oh, this is a whole nother level where this could get really serious. Yeah, so I honestly didn't know too much about it. I mean, playing AAA, like kids above you, like they go to 40 camp or maybe make the team. So you hear a little bit through that and then just like seeing the scouts at the rink in the USA jackets, like that was, I don't know, pretty cool to (laughs) go to the rink and walk in and see. Um, So you know a little bit about it, but like going through the process, I – did not know as much as I thought I did because uh, you get guys on the team whose older brothers played there, whose yeah. families are like hockey families. So my family's not a typical hockey family. I mean, my older brothers played like high school hockey, so they weren't at like a very high competitive level. Um, so it was all pretty new to me, um, but it was pretty intense. You know, I was a 16 year old kid and you at 40 camp, like you sit down in an interview and you got 10 people sitting around the table, like grilling you with questions. So, 
I think it helped me grow up. Um, I mean, the whole experience was just kind of otherworldly. Like you get to go as a 16, 17 year old kid, you get to go across the Europe, play against Russia, Finland, Sweden, Czech. So it's definitely, I gained like a lot of experience from it. I thought it was a blast. That's awesome, man. Um, when you were there, did you, did you guys get time with Ryder as your goalie coach or was that when he kind of stepped into player development? So I had Ryder both my years. Oh, that's yeah. Huge. He was the goalie coach both years. Yeah. He's a great guy. Well, you I mean, want to I talk know about like, an elite, like he was a difference maker there in the goalie spot for sure. Oh, definitely. I think my time there would have been a lot different hadn't he been there. Um, I know he worked with me a lot, like even just obviously all the on the ice stuff, all the technical positional stuff, but he was always there, like just as a sounding board, you know, if I ever needed someone to talk to, you know, having a rough day on the ice, whatever. I know his door was always open. So that helped me a lot, you know, being a teenager, kind of learning the ropes, kind of flying by the seat of my pants or whatever the saying is. Um, so kind of just going with the punches and, uh, he was great. You know, I loved having him. When you were, uh, when you were there, who were like the horses on the team? Was it like, uh, were you like to Chuck who, who was like the, the good, you know, higher end guys? Yeah. Right? So like the, I played with, yeah. So Brady Kachuk, uh, Josh Norris, Quinn Hughes, uh, Scott Reedy. Um, I mean, the list kind of goes on. So I think the full-time NHLers are Hughes, Kachuk, and Norris. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty sick. Probably, probably practicing with those guys every day helps you out a little bit too. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it was like, because growing up in Cleveland playing for the Barons, like we were a good team, like we were competitive, but we weren't like the honey baked or the mission or Shattuck. So, and then you go to like these practices and the first day it's like, these guys can shoot the puck. <laughs> like back bar down, these back kids, bar down, bar Yeah. Out. These kids can shoot the puck. So it was definitely good. I mean, every day you're practicing against the best kids in the country, your age group. So. Uh, Sheila, a question I did have for you and I, everybody's experience is different, but I know, like from a goaltending side and when you jump into your first year with the program, um, it's not like goalies aren't uh, as far ahead, I think, as players. And mm -hmm. when they're picking goalies and they're put, picking players for USA, it's a lot of they're looking at end game potential. Like where could this kid be in X amount of years, three to four years? Can we help take him to the next level? Uh, but when you initially step in, like you said, you're coming from Cleveland and, you know, you're playing against you're, you're coming together on a team with a lot of the top and AAA kids across the country. So it's a little bit different for you as a goalie. I know being a step behind the first year is always tough for everybody across the board. But I think it's a little harder on goalies because mentally you have to kind of grasp you're going up against, you know, in the USHL your first year, you're playing a lot of like 20 and other teams, obviously in the USHL the team itself is always kind of everybody's finding their footing, but being the goalie, you're seeing pucks and you're seeing goals against, right? Did you have any like kind of mental battles that you had to kind of get through at least that first year? Yeah. I mean, definitely. Uh, when you're on the U 17s, you said it like you're playing against older guys, you know, some of them are men, right? Yeah. Um, so I definitely struggled a lot my U 17 year. I mean, even my U 18 year, um, but both, I kind of learned how to struggle though if that makes any sense. So I think that was really good for me uh, in a sense of like learning, not everything's going to go well. You know, everyone's going to have these ups and downs throughout any career. Um, but it was tough, you know, cause every night you're going in, I think 
I'm not sure how many U17 teams have made the playoffs in the USHL, but it's only been a couple. So I think (laughs) our U17 year, I think we won five games in the USHL. And I want to say we played like 30 or something like that. Mm -hmm. So it was tough. I mean, you definitely a lot of losses, a lot of giving up five, six, seven, you know, sometimes it gets like, sometimes it builds, uh, you know, three games in a row. So you're giving up five, six goals and you're looking at yourself like what, what's going on. Yeah. Um, totally just, it's just a learning curve. I mean, like the USHL is a really, really good league. Um, so I think the U17s, like you're kind of, you're supposed to struggle a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I don't think anyone really expects, you know, perfection. Um, but everybody wants to be competitive. Everybody, you know, you don't go out and play to lose. Like you go out and play to win. So sometimes it could, the frustrations could build just going out and losing. But I think it was good for all of us to kind of learn how to come together, kind of grow up, mature on and off the ice. For sure. Um did you ever hear the story about Joe Wool and Otter? Which one? So, well, this was, sorry. <laughs> There's a lot of them. My bad. Yeah. Uh, so, like, we had Wool on a while ago, uh, like two, three years ago when we first started. And I knew about this from when I was, like, volunteering as an equipment guy to help out with Brocker and Snake behind the scenes. And uh, in their first year when Otter and Wool were on 17s, I don't know, I think – Ott started the game, gave up like four. They pulled, or maybe Joe started. One of them started. We'll say Joe started. He gave up four. They threw Otter in, and the coach is just, I forgot who it was, just reaming him out, like giving him the business, mm-hmm. letting him hear it, letting him know, like, you, you, you're you awful today. I don't know what you're doing. <laughs> Ott gives up like two or three immediately, and he's like, all right, Joe, you're going back in. And, like, there were games where they would switch two or three times uh-huh. in games because you're just, like, you know, you're struggling. Yeah, and yeah. I don't know if that's the best way to coach goalies. Like, you know, like you said, it's a tough league and the team's trying to find their bearings against playing against men. So physically the game's a whole different, it's a whole nother level for kids that are coming out of 16 new hockey, um, yeah. playing against 20 year olds that are throwing, throwing around a little bit of weight. But yeah, I just, I don't know. I think that's funny and it all pays off though. Like you go into your U 18s and you just come out a man and you go into that season, your U 18 season going into the fall, like, you always see if you're around the program, you see what the 17s look like when they leave. And when they come back, it's like, holy shit, who's this kid? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And it's funny that you say that because me and uh, me and Dylan, Dylan St. Cyr, my goalie partner at the program, we had one of those games, one of those outings. We were playing Youngstown and it was like our second to last game of the season. Yeah. So it was a home and home. So we played them at home either Friday night or Saturday night, whatever. And we, I think, well, Dylan started and I don't know. He didn't have his stuff. I think he ended up getting pulled. I forget how many he gave in, but I go in. I had to have been in for all of seven minutes. I think I gave up three goals right back out. <laughs> we were playing. I think the, the final score was 12, nothing. Oh no. And the worst part was, is we outshot Youngstown. <laughs> oh, that's so a it was like struggle. A whole, yeah. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I don't think I'll ever forget that game. I, and I remember in the locker room after the game. So we're sitting there, obviously, like, what, what does a coach say after a 12 nothing loss? So we're getting ripped. One of the guys who was hurt, he, like, you know, the scratches of the guys that are hurt come down and just stand in the locker room. Yeah. He's standing there. And in the middle of our coach, like, reaming us after this 12 nothing loss, his phone rings. Oh, <laughs> and his no. ringer goes off. No. And the coach just looks around. He's like, 
you gotta be kidding me. <laughs> and it was just like, just the way the night went. <laughs> who was, was it? it? Was Cole, who was your coach there? Uh, so we started the year with uh, Don Granado. I forget, he took a job with, Wisco. I forget, I, was it Wisco? Because I can't remember if he went to Wisco or if he went oh, to he, oh, the NHL uh, first. Oh. I, think, uh, he, I, think I forget went, which one. Yeah, so at that time, he was gone, and then our head coach was – interim head coach was Nick Four, a uh, longtime assistant there. I think he actually just got a head coaching job. And then our 18-year uh, John Robleski came in. So he was our coach for the second year. Huh. Who, uh, who was it in that story? In, oh, jeez. Uh, when the ringer I, was on. I don't even think I can remember. I forget. I forget who it was, but it was. It was I just bad. Granados. Those guys are pretty like. I, well, it wasn't Granado. It was four at the time. Gotcha. Yeah. And he was just like the best guy, like unreal coach. Like loved having him as a coach. And then he was like, he wouldn't really get like he wouldn't like lose his temper often. Like he was kind of a level-headed guy. But I think he snapped after that one. Yeah, you kind <laughs> I mean, of have to. That does that go point. right yeah. in the bag skate? I mean, if there's ever a time, and that might <laughs> that might be the time after a twelve nothing burger. That's when the like, if he is the way he is, he's kind of calm. He comes in, he goes, you know what? Like shit, I could bag skate you guys tomorrow, but like, you know, I know you guys fought and you kind of gave it your all. Phone goes off. Never mind, we're skating tomorrow. <laughs> Seven a.m. No pucks. Let's go. Yeah. So I bet. It's fun to laugh about that now, but at the time you're like, oh no. Like, oh, oh shit. God. Oh <laughs> <We're> God. <toes. laughs> yeah. We cooked. Um, oh no, what was oh, so like in a situation like that, I don't know if you'd remember, but what is like what does Kevin do for you at that point? Like, does he come in and like you know, kind of let you have it, or you guys just feel it out? Like what how does a an elite goalie coach like that address you giving up uh double digits in a game? Yeah. Um I mean that's that's a tough one for any, for any coach we put in. Um, but I think he did a good job of, he understood the difference between his players. I mean, cause I was there at the time it was me, St. Cyr, Wool and Otter. Um, yeah. So I think he realized that we're all our own people and we each respond to different things, you know, definitely. So he has a different, same message, but a different way of saying it. Um, sometimes I'm not, I don't do well with like, especially growing up and in high school, like if coach was getting on me, like sometimes it would be too much. Like if coach was screaming and yelling at me. So he did a good job of just, he would just sit me down. We'd have a conversation. He'd, he'd give me the truth. Like he'd speak honestly with me. Um, but it wasn't anything, you know, getting like screaming at me, motherfucking me or nothing like that. Yep. So we kind of just like worked through what we needed to. I mean, we did a lot of video. That was probably the biggest thing we would. We always watched all the games kind of went through uh, and just saw, what I could do better, you know, what I excelled at, what I did well, uh, and kind of just some takeaways going the next game or the next weekend. Um, so I think that model has always been good for me, you know, just kind of taking what happened, learn from it, and then going from there, really. I know I like it, though, and I think in terms of like, an, like a high-end guy, you do have to know how you communicate with all your players, right? Mm-hmm. Like everyone, you know – whether it's they learn by doing or they learn by listening or whatever, like everyone handles situations and how they, you know, take criticism differently. So I give, I give Kevin a lot of, a lot of credit though. He did an excellent job with a lot of you. Yeah. Guys, yeah. So. He's an unbelievable coach. Um, 
so yeah i mean evan you want to talk about coming out of the land here a little bit no i mean that we pretty much touched on a lot of it the uh the thing i was gonna bring up is just you know our, our battles these last few summers i i can oh, never yeah. come out, i can never come out on top it feels like you know we got a we got a little summer elite league here in cleveland we call it and uh it's i mean it's it's a summer league but it, it doesn't feel like a summer league and uh the last two years uh championship has been my team versus sheeler's team and uh, I come up short the last two years, and I think they're about to start throwing the D word around for for Sheeler's team. So it's coming into play. I mean, two in a row is a start. If we get three peat next year, I, I think that's for sure the D word. No, so we'll see. We're heading into the off season now. I mean, we got a year to reset. <laughs> <laughs> I'm training all winter for this. Yeah, it is funny though. So, like in this league, it's four teams. Yeah, uh, my team, Moisture's team. And two other teams, but the one team is like uh, a lot of like older retired guys, like a lot of good players, but like they're kind of now they just like play like men's league, still yeah. like good players, like they're competitive, but they can't keep up with like the younger guys. Yeah. So they like dial it in, like structure, like they back check, they four check, they play like a, they got like set breakouts, they got a power play, and everyone else out there playing shinny, but like yeah. these old the older guys, like oh we everyone like wants to be, their team's Numa. So everybody just wants to beat Numa and they can't stand playing against Numa because they'll like pack the middle, line up on the blue line, like play a one, three coming back. And it's like, Oh my God, these guys, they have, they legit will set every morning at like six in the morning, every guy on their team, they get a legit email with a full scouting report on the other team. Like, no, you're lying. I'm not yeah. kidding. Oh, yeah. They're running that night. And I mean, like, they, like there's a re- like these guys are both like Numa is like a I don't know how big it is up up in Detroit or down in Florida but what is it uh, it's like a it's like a natural Gatorade and I mean like it's pretty successful around Cle- like when I was at Columbus's camp like it was all over the locker rooms down there like the oh, Cavs cool. like the Cavs like have it in their locker rooms like they sell it at like Whole Foods and stuff around here it's like organic Gatorade or whatever but like they've done really well with it and they're both like there's a re- like they the way they run their hockey team they run their business and they're really successful guys but they're it's just like whenever like whenever you like get to the rink or whenever you look at the schedule for the summer and you see you're playing Numa that night it's like you kind of get one of those things where you're like oh my god here we go because it's just <laughs> these guys are legit throwing bot around and just going as hard as they can and you're like man I'm just out here for like a good summer skate like have fun and move on but i mean they've won they've won it like three or four times so they definitely uh they know what they're doing i mean the thing about hot like as you get older in hockey like those guys play a league and stuff i'm sure throughout the year when like you know your summer league kind of like disbands or whatever so like they skate a lot but like you said they don't have the lungs they don't have the energy and stuff but you just got to kind of lock it down you just start integrating systems you ever see those guys warm up before games when you walk into the rink no, I don't think they're that far. I think they're more strap them on and get out there. But once they're out there, I um, mean, if if we're dialing up systems and one two twos, like we got to start getting the legs loose, right? <laughs> Hit the bike. I before. mean, hey, I think maybe next season because last like last thing you see them like because we played them in the semifinals. We're like, we'll see you next year. Like you guys coming back, and they're like, well, we'll see. We'll see what Russ, the guy who runs the league, like we'll see what he has to say. <laughs> see if he brings us back for another one. But the best part about them is, is like. 
you know, summer league, like you're getting two on ones, two on O's, like yeah. turnover, breakaway. These guys are posting up net front and like point shots with a tip through a screen. <laughs> like you don't see it like all summer in the league until you play Newman. You got a guy standing net front tipping pucks. <laughs> it's like wild. I respect that. Got to play the game. Um, in this uh, this summer elite league you guys got going on, what do you do? You guys would do like three on three, or is it just regular five on five? I think it's was it four on four. It's it's uh it's four on four, but like some nights if there's like thirteen or fourteen guys aside, they'll bump it up to fives just so everyone gets moving. But just because it's summer and guys go on vacations and do stuff like that, it's uh a lot of times we do fours just because a little shorter benches, but thing i love about it is it's like if you if you play bad or if it doesn't go your way you can write it off and you're just like oh it's just summer league like who cares yeah. <laughs> like it's one of those things where you actually can't like if you play well and like like Sheeler has all the bragging rights in the world right now he's gone back to back here it's like one of those things where you can take a little pride in it because it's not yeah. it's not like beer league it's like guys go pretty hard and, and work their bags off but no, yeah, the it, best the best part is like so we all like we have like the game it's Wednesday nights and then most of us like will skate together Monday and Fridays. So like you get a little, a little bragging rights within the locker room of the week before the summer before who's the reigning champs, which you're looking at us right now. Oh, tough guy. <laughs> Those yeah. Monday and Friday skates. So let me tell you, they are not built for us. I mean, no. I didn't, I didn't do them this year, but me and Sheila battled through them the last three or four years prior to this. And, Holy cow. I mean, it's, it's legit. Like the it's guys, guys have like rubber bands around their hips from like <laughs> the dots, like, and you're, you're like not even in the crease, you're off to the side in the dot lane or whatever. And guys are just ripping pucks at you with like rubber bands around their hips and this and that it's, they're not built for us, but actually it's, it's funny. Those pads Everett that you took the, uh, like that picture, like yeah. the, uh, me like one of your French girls pictures. <laughs> the only reason the only reason that I ended up wearing that iceberg graphic that year is because me and Sheila, our stalls in the locker room were right next to each other. And the one day he had his phone out and he was showing me his, his pads for that year. And I'm like, well, I need that iceberg graphic now. <laughs> I literally texted you that morning. And I was like, yep, I'm wearing that graphic next year too. Sorry, Sheila. No, that's all right. It's, it's an honor. No, I, I remember you texting me like, hey, I'm sitting next to Shield. Uh, how do I get the iceberg that he's getting? And we're like, no problem. <laughs> <laughs> done, done deal. I mean, two different conferences, so we're good, right? Like, <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And we'll you had a different blocker. I had the, the Ryan Miller blocker. Yeah. Well, I had the whole Ryan Miller set. That's where it came from. Yep. Yeah. The um, I do want to ask, did you guys see this clip? Speaking of summer leagues, it's the beauty oh my league. God. Yeah, I saw this on Twitter today. Oh yeah. my God, the guy, like, well, at first I was like, is it like funny? Like, are these guys boys and they're just kind of like throwing them around? And then at the end, when I saw his this visor, guy pops I was up like, and he's all bloody. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he's just covered in it. The best part is the, uh, like, the announcers right? and they're yeah. like, oh. <laughs> the they announcers, like, hey. well, this is weird. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like, they, they were speechless. They're like, well, this is odd. Uh, absolute menace i mean who's ever losing 12 to 3 you gotta send a message somehow for next season <laughs> you gotta respond right <laughs> yeah oh man um i lost my notes cleveland i do have some questions i guess since we're kind of 
talking about your hometown. Um, you're a big Browns guy. Yeah. Evan, the are, you, are you are you a Browns guy? Oh yeah, you have to be. I mean, what's gonna happen now? Like, are you guys as dog shit as the Lions? Is this kind of like the Browns are done kind of thing, or what? No, no, we're on the up and up. Are you I sure? Think, I think Kareem yeah. Hunt and Nick Chubb are going to touch the ball about 19 million times the first 11 games of the season. Yes, at, at least. Who's going to throw the ball? Brisket. I think. Is that the is it Brissett? The, yeah, Brissett. Jacoby Brisket. I don't know. It's, it's a, a fantasy, tough shake. That's a fantasy team name, Jacoby Brisket. <laughs> <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I found out from Ned, he's like a, a, a pretty diehard, like Browns guy, like knows a lot of the, like the players names. He knows roster spots. He knows a little bit of the depth. So like, I, I didn't realize how like intense the whole Cleveland Browns thing is. It's not, oh, as- yeah. Cleve- Cleveland's a football town for sure. Like people here are like ride or die Browns fans. Like Sundays, like everyone's at home watching on the TV or at the bar, yeah. or, like outside at the stadium, outside the stadium tailgating. Or so it's definitely like or Razzles, yeah. Go hit up Razzles <laughs> for your Sunday Browns, Sunday Browns games. Uh, but it's it's honestly like pretty fun. I you know, like like growing up, I would go over to like my best buddy's house, and his mom would make wings and stuff like that, a bunch of appetizers. So everyone has like their kind of traditions for it. Um, getting together with friends or family, watching the Browns. Now, with that being said, are you a basketball guy? Or were you only a basketball guy when LeBron James was there? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I, I was only a Cavs fan when the when LeBron was here and they were winning. Yeah, that kind of so, makes sense, huh? Call me what you want, but whatever. <laughs> it's fun watching the city win. Yeah. I mean, that's what it kind of comes down to. Dan yeah. Gilbert I am a big a championship. Uh, I am a big well, Guardians fan now, as I will say. So yeah. I think I was more fired up when the Indians were in the World Series in 2017 than with the Cavs being in the – finals actually we were pretty excited about the indians being in the 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 world series there because then Mm -hmm. you had the the ricky vaughn stuff popping up left and right with charlie sheen and uh oh yeah wild thing yeah give them the old heater (laughs) oh yeah the the most electric walk-in from the outfield well did you see that one guy in the mets yeah he's got uh, the the trumpets that is sick unbelievable like yeah watching a clip gives you chills still Mm mm-hmm could you imagine being in the stadium watching him come out? Electric. Oh, that'd be electric factory. <laughs> they should have um, when when you came off the bench in that twelve to three game. They should have had the trumpets going for it. <laughs> and then the trumpets when I went back to the bench. <laughs> wah 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 wah. <laughs> um. Next up, obviously, on the old uh, uh, elite prospects, you ended up at. A uh, small university of North Dakota. I think they have a hockey team there. Yeah, I think they might. It's D1, right? I think. Yeah. Yes, it is. <laughs> um, how incredible is that si- setup in the locker room? Like you see, because North Dakota, I think, was one of the first college hockey programs to have like, I think you can call it like an NHL style room. Huge logo, like in the ceiling. All the stalls are incredible. That kind of stuff. What was it like walking into that setup for just college hockey? Yeah, man, that place, the Ralph is something else. Like you can look up pictures all you want. Like it's really like looks nice on pictures, but until you like walk into the building and actually like get a first hand glance at it, it's just unbelievable. Like the staff there, like so the Ralph Engelstad Arena Foundation, the staff there, 
uh, the rink manager, Jody Hodgson, they all take so much pride in this place. Like, mm-hmm. it's like a temple to people in North Dakota. Um, I mean, it's just so incredible. Like, going to the games Friday and Saturday night, like, pulling up, we'd show up at, like, so we'd have, like, a 7 or 7.30 game. We'd show up two, two and a half hours before the game. There would be a line of students, like, probably a couple hundred deep, waiting outside in the winter in North Dakota, like, there at the game before we even, like, pulled into the rink. So, like, sure. it just – are they trying to get tickets or are they just waiting for like the general student seats? Or yeah. Whatever? Yeah. Cause student the section. student section is like general mission, like first come first serve. Yeah. So like the, the diehards would be like waiting to get their on the glass seats Yeah. for like hours and hours. It, it was just so crazy. I mean, there's no place like grand forks and there's definitely no place like the Ralph. I mean, so it is, it is truly like the staple of grand forks where Friday, Saturday nights when North Dakota has a homestand, and UNO is coming to town, like, it's packed both nights, huh? Yeah, like, people come in from Fargo, like, an hour away. People will come in from Minot, like, four hours away, like, all over the state. Like, people are flooding in the Grand Forks to come see the game. So, it's, like, it's just so special, like, going out on the ice and looking up and seeing all the fans. And then, like, everyone in the city watches the games. Because it's, like, you know, a thing of pride for North Dakota. They don't have any pro sports teams. Um, yeah. I mean, most people are like Minnesota sports fans, but you know, it's kind of just a a sense of pride, like their home state, whatever it's, and then it's cause it's like UND hockey and then NDSU football are like the two, two biggest things. For sure. Um, when you were there, what was it like walking into a school? Because there's, you, you've dealt with pressure. You played in major tournaments coming out of the program. You played internationally, um, five nations, all those kind of tournaments and college hockey is a different beast, but also at the same time, is it amplified? Was it tougher at Nodak where like, obviously the expectations at USA to win, develop, get better, you know, get drafted, blah, blah, at mm-hmm. North Dakota. Did you feel that same kind of vibe? Because the expectation there for the city, for everybody in North Dakota, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like it's, it's, different. yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, a little bit the same, but different in a way. I mean, so like at USA, like you had the pressure from, you know, the coaching staff, USA hockey, like all of that. But at school at Nodak, like you feel it from like your peers, like your classmates, your teachers, you know, people <laughs> are serving you at like B-dubs, like everybody are Sioux fans. Like, so and like you hear about it, like you go into class the next day after a big win, like, at, you know, people are saying good job, like way to go. Yeah. Or, like, if you guys are struggling, like, people come up to you at the bar, like, hey, what the hell's going on? Like, what? <laughs> so, like, you definitely hear about it. I mean, but it's great. Like, I wouldn't have it any other way just because, yeah. you know, like, you get the – you're kind of under microscope a little bit. But, you know, I, I loved it. Pressure I, builds diamonds. Yep. The thing, the thing, like, that, you know, I've – like, obviously, I know you. Like, I know Simmer. I know CJ uh like just it seems like every guy that I, I know that's gone there it just seems like all your guys's teams are like are so close and I always, I always mm-hmm. find it crazy because you know you think of like the teams that have all these high-end guys and there's all these egos in the room and stuff like that and you just think normally it's it's very clicky but every time I like I, I'd always see your snap stories I'd always you know talking to you talking to Simmer stuff like that it always just seems like you know every team at North Dakota is super close. It's like, 
is it just like that's kind of the culture and the kind of guys yeah Barry's bringing in or is it Mm -hmm. just luck of the draw yeah I mean a lot of it has to do with just the culture you know like every every day we go to the rink like you know we're so blessed and so fortunate to go to a rink like the Ralph have all of the amenities that we have you know we get spoiled there but every day like you're reminded of why you have this and it's because of the people that came before you like all the alumni all the teams that came before every player every person that's hung a banner in the rink and it just shows the show like bubs with brad barry and the coaching staff like they take a lot of pride in recruiting like good people um so that's the biggest thing they say like they look for great hockey players obviously but the biggest thing they look for is just great guys and you know team players someone that you know will have your back you have their back like regardless of what's going on um so yeah i love you know those guys there at school are like my best friends for life um so anytime they need anything, I'm there for them. And I know the same uh, goes for them. Like if I need anything, whatever. Um, so it's just a special, special place and a lot of special people. Yeah. Now, uh, like I remember hearing stories of like Barry would like, he'd like, uh, I saw like a day in the life thing. And I heard some stories about him. Like he'd, he'd be there at like six in the morning, every morning, like, you know, sit down, I think with like a rink manager or something like that. And I remember hearing stories like when they were hanging graphics on the boards and stuff like that. Like he was, he was out there like helping out and stuff like, is he, he's a pretty all-time guy, like good dude. Yeah. Yeah. He's with you. He's definitely a coach that you do anything for. I mean, you know, like all of the coaches there, if they tell you, like, they're not going to tell you to do something that they wouldn't do themselves or haven't done themselves. So, you know, if they're getting on you about something like it's, for good reason. And they're not just saying it to bust your balls or whatever. Like you take what they say, like for what they say. I mean, so it just like, I don't, and you should see, so our one assistant coach, Dane Jackson, like long time assistant coach, you should see him in practice comes off the ice after practice, full sweat. Like he'll be in the corner, like doing battle drills, like full contact, like (laughs) firing guys up. Like he'll put a guy through the glass just in his like jumpsuit. And it just shows like how much those guys care about like the program and like what, and they're all alumni too. So like every coach there is a, a Sioux alumni. So they just know the tradition um, and the culture and just the identity of the program. Blood yeah. runs thick there. And um, Oh yeah. Hey, I wanted to ask here. You almost, uh, you and Peter told me you guys had some time in North Dakota. He's mm-hmm. one of the other fellow goalies. Yeah part of the union at, uh, at school, the nation. Um, exactly. And, uh, I, you guys almost got hurt before playoffs. What was, uh, what was that all about? Huh? When? Well, you guys were like celebrating in practice a little too hard. Oh yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we, uh, I forgot about that. Uh, you talking about after the shootout when we like bulldozed each other. Yeah, and it looked like yeah. you guys were both going to go under concussion protocol. Oh, so every every Thursday, like, we do the shootout, like, you score, you and if you miss, you're out. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, I forget how many guys – I think we were in Omaha. Yeah, we were in Omaha. And, like, however many guys scored, and then they go through the guys who scored, go again. And I think they went once, nobody scored, went again, nobody scored. And they're like, okay, if nobody scores again, goalies win. So then they went again nobody scored and then me and me and peter and fiends won. well fiends wasn't there because he didn't travel so me and peter won 
we just looked at each other we like sprinted at each other <laughs> and just flattened like it was bad like I'm glad neither of us got hurt but it was just so dumb <laughs> and Here's that just kind of explains Peter and I oh yeah here it is <laughs> I don't think I can zoom <laughs> just a couple a six four and a six five guy giving each other a big old hug yeah, I think I expected him to jump with me, but he didn't. And I kind of just jumped into him, and then we ended up both going down. Slam. Oh, that was hilarious. Yeah, um, Peter is, like, all-time guy, all-time goalie partner, like, one of my best friends. Good old boy from Minnesota. Oh, yeah. Yep, we had plenty of those. Um, I do got to ask here, what was up with uh, – I heard you and – Peter had a case of the giggles every Monday morning at skates. What's that about? <laughs> I mean, you know, weekend in Grand Forks, you sweep Friday, Saturday, you're going out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> going really? out big. Yeah. yeah. Like you wouldn't, you, I don't know. What was it called? The games? barn? Yeah. So, well, I lived at the barn. Yeah. So we'd fire up the barn or just go ahead to the bar. So, anyways, Monday mornings would come around quick. <laughs> And we'd always start with goalie handles, right? KG would rim a puck in, you stop it, make a pass. And sometimes, I don't know what it was about Monday mornings, but I would have a rubber stick. Like, <laughs> the rim would come around and I'd go to stop it and it would blow through my blade. And I'm like, oh, no. So I'd go back, redo it, another one. And anytime it happened, me and Pete would just sit there and laugh. And it would be so bad because KG would be getting on us. But the funniest thing that ever happened, though, was – I forget what day of the week it was. It probably wasn't Monday. Usually this stuff happened on Mondays. Um, but we were sitting there and like me and me, Pete and Fiends all were just had a case of the giggles, like you said. So we were sitting there laughing. And then KG brings us in like serious guy, really good guy. But like when it's time to work, it's time to work. <laughs> and he comes in, and he goes, you guys need to dial it in, like focus up. Like we're out here to get better. Like you guys aren't getting better right now, whatever. And we're like, okay, all right, dial it in. So me and me and Pete are sitting there on a knee, and Fiends is going. We're doing some movement drill, and he goes to push off his post, <laughs> misses his edge, feet come out from under him. He lands like on his head, like, and me and me and Peter are just like dying laughing at this point. Like, had to be separated. Like, he got up and skated to like the other side. Like, I went this way, he went that way. We knew we couldn't be by each other. Um, that like, I can still see it like ingrained in my head, like watching Fiend's feet go straight up in the air. <laughs> that was an all time moment. Oh man. What a beauty. Shout out Fiend dog. Uh, shout out Tome. A yep. couple of good guys. Um, I, I, you know, like we kind of talked about like you guys' dedication to the program, the dedication to getting better at North Dakota. I think it's amazing. I hear it like after you, like you said, you go, you go on a sweep Friday, Saturday, you might go out and have a couple, uh, you know, beverages, a couple pops with the the fellas and meet, you know, some of the students out there. But I heard after you go out and you guys have a couple, you know, drinks here and there, you go, you guys go back to the house and you guys were working on face-off draws. Is that, is, is that right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Me and Peter would have a couple face-off draws. You know, you never know, right? Center gets kicked out everyone gets kicked out maybe we have to go take a couple of draws <laughs> yeah we'd go back after the bar back to his house actually and we just crush up beer cans and like you know hockey houses like they have all the sticks whatever just laying around <laughs> yeah so we just crush up beer cans and take face-offs in the kitchen on the kitchen floor 
So it'd be me versus Peter, and we'd be snapping them back. <laughs> that, that's I actually forgot about that little face offs at the bend. Sometimes you got to dial it in, right? Like you gotta you gotta have your yeah. timing right. Eyes on, locked in. Oh yeah, watch the hand, bang, quick. <laughs> <laughs> I do remember one time I forgot who it was, but like I beat one of our centers at one of those face offs. Mm-hmm. And I think I just dropped the stick and like ran off and started telling everyone like, "Oh, I'm a better center man. Like, I'm the best we got." Just never... It could. It honestly could have been Gooch. <laughs> That's tough. Um, we kind of skipped. I mean, do you guys have anything else about Nodak? Uh, I mean, we touched on a lot of it. I mean, that's the, that's the, like we talked about. Just how it seems like every time I see anyone or talk to anyone from Nodak, it just seems I, I. It's crazy how close all your guys' teams seem, and I, mm. it's just it's such an awesome program. And obviously, you know, I, I'm always going to say Ohio State's the best in the country, but it's the Ohio State, by the way. Yeah, Get the it. Ohio State. But yeah, I, I'm a Buckeye fan. I grew up a Buckeye fan. Yeah. Yeah, you, you ice the boys though, you know. I'm yeah, sure, I'm, I'm, I'm sure they. I'm sure they are on the short list, but. <laughs> um, no, they, I I took a visit there. Yeah, I actually I did like it a lot. She like just found myself elsewhere. Yeah. Yeah, it's a, you don't have to be polite to Evan. It's okay. <laughs> you went to Nodak. No, no big deal. Um, what was uh? I mean, real quick, sum up Penticton because one, I mean, it's a, a pathway for a lot of goalies to go to that need a little bit extra time. But two, uh, I I hear it's unbelievable. Like it's an incredibly beautiful place. Yeah, Penticton was a hell of a spot. I know. So like when you're at the program, a lot of the focus is like going to college, like going to the next level, and like being a true freshman. Like you kind of get caught up in this idea of like if you go play junior when you're. 18 or 19 like you're not a great player like there's so many good players that are still playing juniors when they're 18 19 20 21 and like you kind of just getting to take a step back like out of like the limelight and like just all the hype around the program like going to Penticton was probably the best thing I could have done for myself there um it's just like a beautiful beautiful place so it's in the interior of British Columbia it's four hours from Vancouver and it's posted in between so it's mountain, mountains, like two mountains, and then it's in between two big lakes. Oh. So it's my. right in between of these two mountains and these two lakes. And it's just like, on it's the most beautiful place I've ever been to. And so it was so much fun. I loved playing in that league. Um, you know, I would recommend anybody go to the BC. Like, I love my time there. Uh, you know, the V's are really famous organization throughout all of junior hockey, um, you know, Fred Harbinson there, he's the head coach. He's the, he's the everything. He's a mayor of Penticton head coach, GM president, but he does a really good job with all of his players, um, you know, developing them, you know, making them feel like they're at home when they're there and then moving them on to the next level. Oh, that's sweet, man. Yeah. I just, I remember like seeing the photos and stuff you were putting out on stories, like, Holy, I'd love to go to Penticton. It's kind of like a, it's like a smaller version of like Banff. We got yeah, the lakes, yeah, the mountains, it and it's uh-huh. just like it's like something you drew up, like on a you know, like you'd have hang a photo or somebody paints you a picture and you hang it mm-hmm. in your house, kind of thing, right? Yeah, some of my favorite road trips were like so we'd go to Vancouver Island to go play some of the teams. So like Victoria oh, was yeah. out there, Victoria, Cowichan, uh, Powell River, and Nanaimo. Mm-hmm. So especially like to get to Powell River, you go 
you bust the mate like to the Vancouver, get on the ferry, go across to the island, bus up the island, and then take another ferry from the island back to the mainland. Because yeah. PR is like completely blocked off by like mountain ranges. Like you can't get there from the mainland. So you got to go in boats, planes, trains to get there. But it's just so, it's probably like one of the most beautiful places I've ever been to. Just the water and the mountains and the trees. It's unbelievable. I would say anybody that has a chance to go there should. Absolutely. Um, so now you're playing a little bit of pro hockey, right? Mm-hmm. That one. Little uh, three-letter league. Yeah. Um, with Austin, Texas, and the Texas Stars, I mean, that's where you spent majority of your time. Mm. Uh, incredible city. Like, holy, like one of my favorite places to visit, the food, the music, um, just like everything. the culture. Everything you yeah. get to do in Austin is so much fun. And if you mm. haven't been, you got to go. Um, I agree. But it's year, oh, man, this is embarrassing. It's year two, or is it one and a half, I guess, technically? Uh, oh, yeah. This, oh, going in? Yeah, you're going I'm in. I'm going in two, my right? second full year. But yeah. after I signed, I went out and played for like six weeks. So, mm-hmm. Going to be two and some change. How's uh how's the adjustment to pro hockey, man? I mean, you're pretty even your two is fresh. Yeah, I mean it's it's different. It just like you play compared to college. I know like some of the major junior guys are probably a little more used to it, but coming into pro, like you play so many games. Mm-hmm. Like because in the A we play a 72 game season, and then along with that travel, you know, you're playing on a Wednesday, you're traveling, and you're playing Friday, Saturday you're traveling and then you're playing Wednesday again. So it's a, it's definitely a long year. I mean, that's probably the biggest difference. Um, and just a lot of, you know, the players are a lot better. The pace of the game is way higher. You know, people are out there making plays. Like you gotta be on, you gotta be sharp when you're out there. That's for sure. Definitely. Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, now that we got the hockey question out of the way, unless you guys have more, uh, Austin, again, one of my favorite cities. I got two truths and a lie here. I want you to figure out which one's uh, the lie. Okay. Uh, Sheil, Austin has the largest urban bat colony in North America. That's the whole continent. Austin has the only nude beach in all of Texas. Last fact, Bucky's is named for a man, a dog, and also a mouthwash. Which one do you think um, is the lie? The Bucky's one is the lie. How did you, how did you know that? <laughs> well, so I, um, I knew the, bats the, nude thing, beach? Like the Austin bat. I didn't go to the nude beach, but <laughs> me and my buddy, Rosie, Michigan state guy, Jared Rosberg, we went out like someone he knows, like a, a donor or something had us out for a little lake day mm-hmm. and they live on, I forget if it was Lake Travis or Lake Austin, one of the two, but they like took us out on the boat and showed us like, they're like, and that's the nude beach. And we're like, the what? <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And they're like, yeah, that's a nude. It's not even like a beach. It's almost like cliffs that you can just go like hang out on naked. That seems uh, kind of scary to be yeah. in the buffin. Yeah. So we like boated past it. And I was like, that's just so bizarre. But hey, whatever. <laughs> to each uh, their own, right? I guess. Absolutely. I hear Lake Travis is unbelievable. Yeah. It's like crazy like just some like the houses you see out there are just massive i know like mcconaughey has a place on the lake so like the houses it's just like you're like wow i would love to live in one of those one day 
well that like the boats the parties like there's major raft yeah. offs and stuff on out there so yeah like, not a bad place to play pro Mm-mm. no i uh, i definitely am fortunate with where i'm at that's for sure what uh you got a favorite barbecue spot down there yet um i actually i didn't have any barbecue really i know the one is uh i forget what it's called um somewhere downtown but you gotta line up for oh franklin's franklin's yeah the stuff you you or something you gotta like line up there in the morning or not in the morning but like a few hours to get a table in there because i don't think they take reservations and it's just first come first serve so i would love to get in there and try it out but i have yet to be when we were down there for the nhl show uh i mean this is uh three four three four years ago excuse me um there were equipment guys that were going in like way before meetings started and they'd be in line at like, they told us like seven, 8 AM in, in line. And there's still like 10, 15 people back waiting for them to open the door so they can be, like you said, first people to get a seat, eat, and then bail. Oh. But yeah. All day when you drive past there or walk past there or whatever, there's just lines out the door. People like you block out an hour or whatever it is to like get in line and go eat there. So, yeah. Like it's <clears> nuts. <throat> Austin, though, like, there's so many good restaurants, like, so many, like, fun things to do. Like, you really never have to be bored in that city. Like, there's something for you to do whenever you want. You uh, you go out to Rainy Street a lot when you guys have maybe an off weekend or something? Yeah, when we had some time, we'd find our way down to Rainy. Rainy and 6th Street. We, uh, <laughs> 6th Street's something else, man. It is. I almost like 6th Street better. Really? Well, that's because you're you're, yeah, you're you're coming out of college still. You're you're used to like sticky floors and everything's exactly. wet, and you know drinks are everywhere. It's pretty gross. Yeah, a little nostalgia for me. But uh, we went to this one bar. It's like uh, it was called Pete's Dueling Piano Bar. Sounds fun, yeah. And it was just like to this guy. Like, I don't even know how to explain it. Like they're they just go up on the piano and like they that's all the music I got on the piano and then they pull people up on stage and like, they mess with them, like get them to dance, like get them to do skits. And it was all time. <laughs> they yeah. pulled up my one buddy and they were like, yeah, like you got to pretend to be a stripper. And he's like, <laughs> uh, like what? <laughs> like, how does that happen? That's a good look for the, uh, the Snapchat stories for the boys too. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, you do, uh, have you done any shows? I mean, I, I found out looking up my stupid facts. Uh, I guess I forgot how it's worded, but Austin plays the most live music. It's like Music Nation or whatever. Mm-hmm. They play the most, they have the most live shows and hours played, I guess, like in the whole country. You hit any concerts or uh, you do any country music down there? Uh, no, I didn't do any concerts. I mean, there's so many, like, even just like you go out to dinner or you're like walking down the street or at bars, they just have like live bands playing. So we hit a bunch of those, like just hanging out, you know, by chance. Yeah. Or hanging out and someone comes on to play music, but I didn't really do any concerts or I know they have like the ACL there. That's pretty popular. I didn't make it to that, but. Are you country guy, Sheila? Yeah. I like country music. I like all music really. Um, but I do enjoy country music. That's for sure. Okay, if you like all music, name one EDM song. Well, now you're kind of putting me on the spot. Yeah. Um, Boom by Tiesto. Is that Yeah, EDM? that counts. Yeah. Name a, a pop punk song. A pop punk song. I don't know if I could tell you one of those. 
Yeah, I guess I you don't, don't like all music. I maybe not. <laughs> like, <laughs> I like, I like, like you wear music. a band T-shirt. <laughs> someone's like, name five songs. Name five like, songs. Uh, what was their the... first album? Couldn't tell you. I just like the T-shirt. Isn't MG <laughs> isn't MGK uh, pop punk? Yeah, that's a Cleveland boy. No. Okay. Yeah. Oh man, is that is that a? Are you guys excited? Are you prideful of that, or what? Um, I don't know. <laughs> like you want to talk fifty fifty. You want to talk about being a softie that just gets pushed around by his like manager? It's like, all right, you're gonna go do rap now. Okay, now you're gonna go play guitar. Like next, he's gonna like pretend to be a country singer. I I wouldn't be surprised. He no. does. He does a lot. He does have this nice like unreal. Moisture, have you been to the 27 Club, the coffee spot in the flats? Yeah. Yeah, yeah so he owns this, like, coffee shop slash, I think it might turn into a bar, like, in the evening. But it's a pretty good spot. I think MGK owns it. I don't know if he has anything to do with it other than owning it. But He fronted like, the money and that was it. Nash, like, Dirk's Bentley's Whiskey Row or whatever, like, those bars in Nashville where it's, like, they just put their name on it and automatically people want to go there. Like a money printing shop, essentially. Exactly. Yeah. I feel like it's way less of a like, popular thing, though, to be like, oh, let's go to Machine Gun Kelly's coffee shop than like <laughs> Dirk's Bentley's bar. <laughs> no, yeah. dude, I'm not, ki- I'm not kidding you. People like the line will legit be an hour long. Like, same, like Ed was just talking about that barbecue place. It's like yeah. people wait like an hour just to sit down in this place and have a $15 coffee and a donut. Holy. Yeah, it's like a it's a legit spot though. That's tough. I don't know if I'd be willing to drop fifteen bucks for a coffee, but I don't know if it's actually fifteen, but I mean <laughs> I mean I th- I'm taking your word for it. Embellish a, yeah, embellish a little bit. Be a storyteller. <laughs> um Adam, I, I you know, I talked to some guys on staff on the team, and I'm not gonna tell you who because you sewered me earlier this season, which we gotta talk about, or I guess last year, which I had to bite the bullet on at uh, Dev Camp, but uh, in a, in, a, in the most appropriate way possible, I was told to ask you: Does the carpet match the drapes? <laughs> uh, I don't even know where you're going with that. One. I hear or... you're 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 hiding the fact that you're a redhead. No, 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 no. Okay. I I do have a little a little bit of red in me. Uh, I know my mom has red hair, but once my beard gets a little longer, it gets a little red, but. Yeah. I'm definitely dirty blonde, we'll say. Dirt dirty blonde. Yeah. So you take wonder, that head I, off, there's not a little little hint of tint of strawberry. It might red. be a little orange, but I think it's mostly blonde. So how often do you dye it blonde? Is that like a once a week thing or <laughs> twice a month or just once I need to. Yeah. Once the red starts coming out. <laughs> once the root show. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, I would love to figure out who, who you were talking to about that one. Well, I do want to I, I guess we can talk about the story. So somebody on, uh, I he's never going to listen to this. Laser might tell him, but you're uh, athletic trainer for the Texas stars. I had met him. He was a previous oh, goalie yeah. guy. He actually worked <laughs> with the uh, Finland USA goaltending. I forget what his name is and he does the masks now, but anyways, uh, you guys had posted team picks and I sent a screenshot to Adam of this guy, their trainer I go, oh, this guy looks like Bubbles. He's got like Coke bottle glasses on. He's got like just huge eyes. I'm like, yeah, he kind of looks like Bubs. And uh, I totally forgot about it, dismissed it. And uh, I walk into Dallas's locker room to get set up for dev camp and just uh, say hi to uh, 
couple of young guys that they drafted Remy and then uh, Murray was there. Matt Murray was there. Not the Matt Murray, different Matt Murray, but the AT walks by and he looks me up and down. I'm talking to the equipment guy. You go, what's up, dude? He goes, I'm not too happy with you right now. I go, what, what do you mean, dude? I like, I just got here. I'm sweating. I'm just getting unpacked. Like I haven't even done anything wrong yet. And he goes, yeah. And he kind of like tapped all the guys. Guess what this guy said about me? And he told everybody, he's like, he told, he told shield that I look like bubbles. And then he just walked <laughs> away. I was like, Oh man, I think he's like genuinely like a little bit upset about this. So Mike is, Oh, he's a man. He's like a younger guy. I, I forget how old he is. I know he was a he's a ninety four birth year, so whatever that makes him. But so he's got to be like he's just a clown. He yeah. seems like a really good dude. He's a clown. So he's just like one of the guys. Like he'll go back and forth with us every day. He's got a new pair of Crocs on. Like that's his go to. <laughs> like, and the guys will come into the rink with like gifts for him. They'll bring him like the little jibs, the yeah. things you stick. One of the guys, my buddy, got him a snowplow <laughs> attachment <laughs> for the front of his Crocs. <laughs> But yeah, he is, uh, you know, the amount he chirped me, I think he could take a little, a little slack from you about the bubs thing. Yeah. He's got <laughs> to come into him. Um, you know, he played goalie though, right? Yeah. Yeah, he did. Uh, I guess he grew the, up playing goal. Yeah. He's a Philly guy. He played, uh, at Penn state before the D one switch. So he was on the club Penn state team. So you could say he's like a pillar in building a D one program. Pretty much, yeah. yeah, for sure. I would say so, but I guess so. Like right when I signed out of school, because it was during like the like big COVID year, mm-hmm. uh, so I had like quarantine for a couple of days before I could like join the team. Yeah, and we were playing. They were playing Iowa, and I forgot who was there, but something happened, and like Pointer Colton Point, who was there, had to go up to Dallas, and so it was Sholey, and then. Mikey D had to back him up. No, so, really? <laughs> yeah. So he had to warm up and he was taking like shots and warm ups. And I guess guys were just sending them right past his ear. Like, <laughs> man, my, my last, my last pro game when I, when I was on wheeling, uh, we were playing in Fort Wayne and like, I'm getting on, like, we had two goalies on the roster. Like I'm getting on the bus, like, you know, whatever we're showing up and I'm like, Hey, like where's LP boys. And, and, and guys are like, what do you mean? And, they brought our equipment manager. His name was Billy Higgins. Our equipment manager backed me up that night in Fort Wayne. We just went with me. We left. We left the other goalie back in Wheeling because I think I was <laughs> just going on a suicide mission. <laughs> Wait, but Billy's like old. He's, he's actually a goal. Like he actually played goalie though. But no, he's like older. Like yeah, plus forty. No, and the, and the best part is like, I mean, we were like we legit left like. And I mean, I'm just bad at hockey. I'm not making excuses, but we legit left like our, the top, like two or three, like scorers on the team and like our top couple defensemen, like whatever we had extra kind of back in wheeling. And, um, like, I think we got beat like five to two or something like that. And it's like five, two with a minute and a half left or something. And there's a, there's a draw. And before the draw, the guy's like, if, if there's another whistle, like act like you're hurt. Because they were gonna try, they were gonna try and get Billy in. Because I guess Billy every t- every time he goes in to play the game, yeah. he'll go up to or every time he he's the emergency backup, he'll go up to the ref and he'll say, "Hey, just give me an abusive official, please," just so he gets on the stat sheet. <laughs> so he's got, he's got like a whole like elite prospects and like hockey DB, 
and every year he just get he just got a couple pims from an abusive official. <laughs> two, two pims per year. He's always on the sheet. No, but Sheeler, we you kind of you were kind of talking about like COVID, uh, you know, a few seconds ago or whatever. And I I know you got to go up and down like with the taxi squad a few times. What like what's that experience like? You, am I correct? You did do that a few times. Yeah, yeah. So I was up on the taxi squad once, and then I was up for on like the active roster for like a two week stint this year. Really? Like mm. uh taxi squad. What, what was that? Like, was it kind of a grind, just a bag? Like, is it something that you get excited about or is it one of those things where it's, you're kind of rolling your eyes? You're like, okay, here we go. Yeah. I mean, well, it's always, it's crazy. Anytime you go up, right? Like anytime you're around those guys and get to see what they do. But, um, cause my first, because I got called out or to the taxi squad at the beginning of the year and just traveled to like an away game. Um, I think I traveled to St. Louis and then came back and then just went down right after that. So that wasn't too crazy. I just got to travel with the team, go hang out on the plane, see, watch them play cards, uh, and then just go home. But uh, And then at the end of the season, I black aced. Like that was a weird, different experience. Cool experience, like being with them in playoffs. But like, so the team would skate. They would well. They wouldn't really even practice. They would morning skate, and then I'd come out like right as morning skate was done, and then they would just like Otter would take the D shots, whatever, whatever he didn't want. Like as soon as he got off, then I would hop in. So I'd go out after practice, like do a couple of drills with like the scratches, be out there for fifteen minutes, and then be done. Like that was just all I did. <laughs> for like, later. Whole, yeah, I'm like, well, all right, that's good enough. <laughs> like. Because the Zamboni guy would come on and they'd have to cut and then, like, get the Calgary out there because they would have their practice afterwards. And I'd be like, so that's it? Like, that's all we got for today? Like, all right, that, that works. That was tough. Don't even need a shower after that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, I heard you got a super fan down in Austin. Super fan? Yeah, somebody that's always at every game. They got signs for you? I guess, yeah, no, I had a couple signs. Yeah, what's that like being having that notoriety now? You know, it's it's fun looking up in warm ups and seeing a shield sign and getting a laugh out of it. <laughs> Turn it <laughs> into a big fun. time. It's, it's funnier seeing like other guys' signs because then you can give it to them. Yeah, about the signs. Yeah, we had uh, one guy. I don't know if you guys know who Anthony Lewis is. Played at Miami and then he just signed oh. in the K. But he's got like this long hair, like sick flow, and someone like cropped his head over like a picture of Jesus. <laughs> and it was Lou Jesus. <laughs> oh, so that, dude, that's gotta be the best one. He took me. He was like, he took me around. It was him and that Belpedio kid. Yeah, he's the best. Lou is the man. Um, Sheila, when I got to see you at your first, I think it was a Dev Camp or rookie something. We went and played a little top golf. You're pretty bad. Like I'm, I'm yeah. bad. But you're, yeah, I'm. Uh, you're golf tough. is not my game. No. You know, I'm a, I love having a good time out on the course, all fun. You know, I don't get too worked up, but if I break a hundred, like a hundred is my par. <laughs> so like if I'm ever talking about golf, I'm like, yeah, I shot three over. Like that's a one Oh three, like not, not a 75. <laughs> I'm talking par for me. Like, no, that's not bad. I mean, three over sounds pretty good, right? You keep it at yeah. that. Well, that's with not counting a couple lost balls, a few foot wedges, a couple re-tees. <laughs> yeah. 
So it's like a generous 100. But I, mean, I have gotten a lot better because I didn't grow up like golfing. So I had to kind of learn as I went. But I have my game's going the right way. Okay. Still, still have a lot of, lot of room to grow though. So next time I'm down there and we hit Top Golf, I'm expecting a little bit of improvement from you. I'm gonna be striping them. I, I, I hope so. <laughs> um, do you guys have any else? Uh, anything else here? You gotta ask this sniper before you get into the weird stuff. No, let's get weird. <laughs> All right. Um, <laughs> let's do it. They're not that weird. It's just kind of like some philosophical questions, some like weird stuff. Kind of like it's like, yeah, it's kind of like that. Really, real tough on the brain. Heat is on. Yeah. (laughs) So, Sheila, like, you know how people get really excited about, like, oh, we kind of talked about it earlier. Like, I knew about, you know, Tame Impala first, or I heard Linkin Park first, or I knew about Frankie's Barbecue, like, before anybody else did. I was the first one there. Do you ever get the joy? Do you, do you find joy in telling people you knew about something first or you discovered something or you knew about it before anybody else did? I mean, yeah, who doesn't? Okay, what, what's that thing then? Uh, I don't know. I like uh, like you find a, like a new show or something and then you get all the guys on it and then all of a sudden every day they come in and they're talking about the show. And you're like, yep, I'm the, I'm the ringleader of that. Yeah, you're the put on prints there, huh? Yeah, exactly. So I guess I think who doesn't who doesn't like doing that? He did that. He did that with uh, my iceberg graphic. Oh yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Sheila, you get your own movie, kind of like Rocky, but it's the tale of your hockey story, right? Uh huh. So you know the final credits are rolling, the final scene, like everybody's happy. You know, you come off the ice and you hug your mom, and you know whatever the storyline achieved too, like you you summed it. Um what's the final song you'd want playing at the end of your movie? Like in, going into that closing scene. Oh, the final song. Oh, geez. Boom by Tiesto. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's more of a pre pregame warmup to Ralph. Yep. Uh, oh God. Yeah. I don't even know. I'm not like a huge music person. I'm trying to think if I can think one up. Uh, Maybe like, uh, what's a song? The uh, what's a song? Good old, good old days. You ever heard that one? That's kind of a tearjerker. Okay, I like that. Uh, I forgot who that's by. Got to drive home a little bit of uh, emotion. Yeah, exactly. Um, you uh, you sing along when uh, like, in between whistles during games. A hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Or like the play the jumbotron games at the tv timeouts that's my favorite oh yeah the trivia or uh i forget what they do in texas but they have some good ones in texas like maybe like the uh the ones where they like hide a puck under one of them yep yeah or the zamboni races yeah yeah we did that one at school all the time fiends love the zamboni races (laughs) on the jumbotron that's not surprising um now, this is something I heard the other day on a commercial. I just, you know, they made my brain start to think. When I say everything from pop to punk music, is that a lot of music or is that very little? I think that's a lot. Why? In what sense? Not, not a lot, lot, but like definitely not a little. Because like what, what's considered punk, really? Okay. Like what would be like a 
big name that's punk? Um, the Ramones. Okay, so that's a little bit less. Okay. Like the, like the rock band. That's who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah. Oh, they're punk. I think yeah, that's what people consider them. Yeah. Huh. They well, wore leather jackets and bit... had like the spiky mohawks and the long okay. hair and stuff. Eyeliner. All right, maybe a little bit less than I thought. What's like a today's punk? Like, what would that be? Green Day. Um, I wouldn't oh. call Blink One Eighty Two, but they're saying Blink One Eighty Two. Um, social That's distortion. Kind of like punk, maybe the Offspring. Okay, maybe a little bit less than I thought. Okay. You seem to be a big punk punk rock guy no i think that you bring it up it's common theme today for whatever reason but to me (laughs) i thought about it like alphabetically p to p is not a lot of music no you could start like i would say anything from like country to like techno because that's like c to t you think that's like the biggest the biggest (laughs) far apart like yeah i'm thinking alphabetically distance but like anything from pop to punk is p to p so i just said that's not a lot of music but like stylistically they're they're pretty different. See, that's where more I was going with. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Maybe I just have like uh, a different I'm way a... of looking at things. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a... Alphanumeric. I'm very odd. Um. So I I found this out today, Sheila. It's rumored that celebrities actually use outrageous names for their kids, like Kylie Ren or whatever, because they're not real names. They're actually fake names, but they use the the fake ones. Um to to like you know just hide the identities and hide the legal names and less harassment of their children growing up Uh there's actually clips of people asking elon musk about that spaceship baby that he has and when they say Uh their name like it you can tell when like something doesn't register on somebody's face right and they see that on the video do you think that's true or do you think that is all made up and those kids really have those like blue ivy and white and i could see them having like uh some sort of like a stage name not a stage name, but like a, a little front. Yeah. So maybe they're a little more hidden, a little more discreet in the day-to-day lives. Okay. So do you think Elon Musk? Well, I, that's what I was going to say is I almost, I, I hope that that's like a stage name. Yeah. Cause I don't yeah. even like what, what I don't even know. I couldn't even read it. If I read, like looked no. at it. Yeah. Just call him little spaceship. Yeah. Um, Adam, I know on your guys' road trips, uh, well, I guess you guys don't get in San Antonio. You guys hit the bus occasionally, though. Um, uh, we'll bus, so like we'll fly to like Chicago and then bus to Milwaukee and then to Grand Rapids and then to yeah. Rockford or whatever. But you've been to New Bucky's before, right? I have not. Are you serious? I have not been to Bucky's, and I know every time I drive past it, I think of you because you love that place. Because it's right on the way. It's like 45 minutes outside of Austin, or maybe a half hour. Yeah, it's so like going up to I'm Dallas. Going, uh, it's yeah, going three, up to Dallas. Three-letter league. I have not enough yeah. bus trips. Nope. So if it were like right in the middle, like in Waco, that would be a great stop. But it's like when I'm going to Dallas, I'm like, okay, I'm just leaving Austin. Like I don't need to stop. I literally just got on the road. Like there's no point. Yeah, and then when I'm coming back from Dallas, I'm like, okay, well, if I go into Bucky's, I'm going to be in there for 45, like auto. <laughs> so I might as well just drive the 45 minutes and get home. Well, that kind of bums me out, buddy. Uh, I know. I, I need to get into one. Every time I there. go past it, I'm like, you know what? Maybe I should go in. And it just hasn't happened yet. 
there's going to be a time when you think you, you like you want some snacks and you need some delicious treats and you might need a t-shirt or a swimsuit or possibly a crawfish boil table top or maybe a deer feeder <laughs> yeah. or some yeti or coolers anything else yeah. or a new charcoal grill or the wood like smoker um Off you might core. need a pulled pork sandwich or a slab of ribs um to take home and cook so you know raw ribs so any anytime you get hungry you might need anything at all don't hesitate to stop because uh it's an impressive establishment you know what i think i'll i'll stop my next time going from dallas to austin how about that make it yeah make it like logistical like like you said i yeah. i'm no i drive a lot uh a little bit of a road warrior so i don't waste time but uh when you're driving up from Austin to Dallas, total ways to stop 45 minutes in. But when you're coming back, you might need a bathroom break, yeah. you know, stretch the legs, get like 32 flavors of pop, uh, Just 100 go different little gummy snacks. Yeah, exactly. You do like the big mix that kids do. Do you have so, a go-to uh, candy on the road? On the road. It changes, man. Like for a long time, I was a nutrageous guy. Um, okay. Which has like peanuts, nougat, peanut butter, caramel. And then it's chocolate. It's a Reese's thing. But now I've switched to the underrated candy, which I got from the Yak, was Baby Ruth, which I grew up, you know, a big fan of those. Uh -huh. Those are like so sneaky good. Yeah, I do like those. What about you? I'm more of like, uh, I love, uh, you know, have you ever had the Airhead Bites? Yeah. yeah. Those are good. Yeah. Those are good. Um, or what else do I get? I love a Kit Kat. Kit Kats are pretty good. Do you just chomp at it or do you break it up? No, that's crazy. If you just take a bite out of it and you yeah, got to break the stick off, of right? It. Yeah, that would be crazy. It's terrifying. Yeah. So, <laughs> what ever, about uh, you, you guys? Pre-game those. I'm sorry. You ever pregame any snacks? Any uh, I don't know Kit Kats before the games or intermission? When I was like really little growing up, I used to have Kit Kats before every game. Okay. That is, yeah, that's confirmed. Are you talking full size as a kid or would they give you like the little two piece or snack size? No, I'd go full size. Sometimes Holy. even king size. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, I've got a sweet tooth on me. That's for sure. That's always been one of my, uh, one of my problems that I struggle with. Do you have any, any interesting uh, beverages or anything else during the game? Like, oh, he's got his diet Coke on the bench. <laughs> uh, no, I do enjoy one of the best things about like going up the levels is like the Gatorades on the bench <laughs> with the squirt top. Like, it's just like, it's, it's such a treat. You come to the bench during the game and they got a nice, and like, I can't, there's no red. I do not like the red Gatorade. It's gross. The one, it's the one I like, I actually won't drink if it's sitting there. I'll be like, Lays, can I please have a white one? You know, like the white cherry. White cherries fire. Yeah, they are. In the middle of practice, I'm sucking down half of a white cherry <laughs> <laughs> twist top Gatorade. Dude, at o at OSU, we we'd have like the the nipple top, like whatever, and they yeah, they'd put them like they're like our, you know your stick racks there, and then like all our water bottles and uh, like stuff like that would there'd be like a refrigerator next to kind of the stick rack, and they'd have it stocked with the the square top ones, and we weren't supposed to take them, but it was like and you walk out of the rain every, with one every day. Every day, everyone grabs one of the blue like square top Gatorade. The equipment or the trainer would be like, guys, you can't be taking these freaking water or the Gatorades or whatever, and it's just like. No, no can do. Yeah, he had to put a lot on it, I think, eventually. But 
it was every every day you'd walk out of there with a, a cool blue nipple top Gatorade. And it, <laughs> it just hits different coming out. Just of a great way. Say, they taste way better. New day. Oh. <laughs> I am notorious for the uh, when I'm backing up the snacking. Oh, in the intermission for some reason when I'm playing, like I don't eat. Like if I play a game, like I don't eat during the game. Like I can't really eat after the game. But if I'm not playing, I am so hungry. Because I'll eat pregame at like what, like three o'clock, and then the game starts at seven, and I'm like, I haven't eaten in five hours. So I'll be walking out. I I'll make a bagel, and I'll slice up the banana, and I'll put peanut butter on the bagel, and then I'll go banana, maybe a little bit of honey. And I'll walk back in the locker room, and everyone's like, "What are you doing? Like you haven't done anything." I know, and I'm starving because of it. Have you have you done uh, have you done the arena food yet, or you're still keeping it healthy with like the the food they want you to eat? Uh. I try to keep it tight when I'm in the locker room. Yeah, yeah. Maybe, maybe when I'm sneaking out of there, I'll go swing by canes or something. But <laughs> Ooh. Right, when, that, when the eyes are on, you keep it tight. Yeah. <laughs> so no corn dogs in the locker room yet? No, uh-uh, sadly. That's tough. Well, you know, if you do want a corn dog, you can get it at Bucky's. So uh-huh. work on that. Um, that actually makes me think of one story. So my last college game, it was like the regional final. We were playing Duluth. And it was that game that went like into the six overtime. Mm-hmm. And so like, we, it was like, I feel which overtime it was, but like we were playing going on like five, six hours, whatever. And then by like one intermission, they're like trying, like they bring in like, like a bunch of snacks and like candy bars or whatever. Like they brought in like a flat of Cokes and like guys like cramping up and like, Oh, I need a Coke. Like I felt pretty fine. I was like, can I just have one of those? <laughs> <laughs> Like, I don't need it, but can I just have one just for something? And so I just had a Coke in the intermission. <laughs> did, did it give you the buzz or what? It did, but I guess, you know, we ended up losing. So I guess it didn't work, but. Wasn't that the game that the Duluth goalie, like, left with cramps? Yeah, he cramped out of the game, stage goal. Dude. And then I thought as, I thought as soon as Fanti went in, we were winning. I was like, he's going to give up the first shot. We're golden. Yeah, and then he came in and played like really well, and I was like, "Oh my god!" Like, I I don't know if I could have done that. Like, he went in in like the fourth overtime, which is like the seventh period of a hockey game. Like, it was nuts. He'd been sitting on the bench for two whole games. Was there a? uh, Were you guys like regional? Were you guys the late game or the early game? Well, uh, or was it the championship of the regional? It was the championship of the regional, but the first game we were. We were the only game because Duluth was playing Michigan, uh-huh. but then Michigan had to leave because of the COVID stuff. So Duluth moved on. See you. Yeah. So that could have been, I don't know, who knows, but maybe it could have been a little bit different if Michigan played. Who knows? Man, could you imagine like if, if there was a game after, like if you were the early game and there was a game after you, you're literally sitting there for like seven hours waiting to go on just. Yeah. Like they wouldn't have been able to, I, can't remember what time we got out of there but like by the end of it like i took my feet out of my skates and my feet were like soggy saw like to say the least like soaking wet like my toes were like curled up into like this ball like i couldn't like straighten them out it was bad it was your dogs are barking huh the dogs were barking (laughs) that's for sure uh sheila let's wrap up here if you had to create a color what would it be named and what would it look like just give us a description 
geez, I don't know what it would be named, but like my favorite color is green. So like uh, Adam's green. I don't know. Okay. Dark. How, how would you make it different from the current greens that we have? I don't know. It'd be like a, an olive green, but like, see, but how do you come up with a color that it doesn't exist? That's the thing. That's just being innovative, right? Yeah. I don't know what I would do. Cerebral. I like it. Think on it, save it, and uh, yeah. we'll take notes on your I'll lack show you of, a text, yeah. Your lack of answer in this uh, this interview. Uh, you, you combine the Dallas and the Nodak green. See, I like the darker green. I'm not like... Like, I love, like, the forest green or the olive green. Like, that's... No, that's a color. See, now that, that says a lot about you, Adam. Like, you wouldn't go out of your way to innovate something, but you'll take what's already there. So we're just... Yeah, gonna, exactly. Yeah. Future reference. That's that's the type of goalie Adam is. <laughs> yes, yes. Yes, uh, it is. Sheeler, if you worked in an office, would you be the comedian, the narc guy that is just a total rule follower and just, you know, totally uh, pulls the tattletale on when people aren't you know, using the office equipment, right? And printing too many copies. Would you be the silent hero that, you know, doesn't say a lot, but gets everything done and gets out of there and no one knows when they're in or when they're out? Would you want to be the gossip, the sweet talker, or possibly like the complainer who's just griping about everything in the office? See, like, that's a tough one. So I would say comedian, but like anyone who calls themselves the comedian probably isn't very funny. Yeah. So I'd say I I think the sweet talker I think that'd be good. Yeah, you'd be able to definitely just, uh, not the narc, definitely not the the quiet guy. Because if I'm sitting in a room like it, I can't go long without talking. Like <laughs> I gotta be talking to, be to someone. Yeah, like I can't just sit there in my own silence. <laughs> All right. So final answer: the sweet talker. Sweet talker. Yeah. You're just gonna grease everybody over with your eloquent words exactly it's a good way to go about it that's how i get stuff done at work so yeah um if you were a famous tiktoker what would it be for would you be doing voiceovers would you be the little guy playing a video game while like a clip of family guy plays above him um would you be a dancer would you be a chef what would you be uh i think i'd be like those trick shot guys you know when they're bouncing oh, the yeah. ping pong off the 17 different pans into a cup I think that would be me for sure. I uh, I mean, not that I want to make this any longer, but I don't understand how guys sit there for an hour. Like when, if you ever click into their lives and they just doing it and they're doing it. Some of them are like ridiculous. Like they throw a disc like across the room into the Xbox. Like yeah. that had to have been a couple hundred takes. hundred thousand tries. Like it yeah. takes you days. Like, There's no days way. Like it just doesn't make throw. sense. Yeah. I don't know. Some people have a lot of free time on their hands. Yeah. Yeah. So if you ever come into something like, you know, you just start throwing stuff. I'll just start chucking stuff. Um, Name a mom. My mom. That counts. Uh, favorite fast food meal. Uh, oh, that's Kings? tough. No. Uh, the, the old four for four at Wendy's. Classic. Hearty. Chicken sandwich, nuggets, fries, and a drink, and then you add the frosty. Yeah, see, that shows grit. You know what? Yeah. Those are your roots right there, and I can appreciate that for you. Yep. Um, are you a, you you into boba tea at all? No, I'm not a fan of boba tea. Are you afraid I of the, really like the, the balls? Yeah, yeah, I don't like them. 
Okay. I have tried it though. And it just wasn't for me. That speaks a lot about your, your inner person. So we'll, yeah. we'll work on that for you. <laughs> um, I feel like Boba tea is the opposite of grit. You yeah, feel like, it's, like that's, that's not gritty. It's like bubbly. It's like just soft. Yeah. yeah. It's a delicious treat though. Depends. You can be, you can be gritty and have ice cream, right? hundred percent. Yeah, but so. it would be you'd have like moose tracks or like butter pecan or something. <laughs> that's like gritty ice cream. Like there's like yeah, that's true. Sorbet, sorbet, sorbet is is boba yeah. tea ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> like there's different tiers to it. Okay, I get it. Um, Sheila, if you had to go on like an Indiana Jones type dangerous trip, life threatening, you could lose your life at any time. Would you rather climb Mount Everest? sail across the ocean to Europe in like a sailboat or like, you know, okay. like the way pilgrims would have came across, um, climb like a ridiculous rock wall. Like you see now on like Netflix or journey down the white waters in a raft and like camp out and like make your way down the river. Uh, I think I would do the white water, like Why open water, I think is one of the scariest things there yep. is. I get terrified out there. Yep. Like even if like you jump off the boat, I'm right back to the boat, like <laughs> as fast as you can. I'm not a heights guy either, so like Mount Everest, like wouldn't really do it for me. But I think the whitewater rafting would be that would be elite. You could you could handle you know the waves and yeah, because like small you, waterfalls. Yeah, like you got the bank right there. Like worst comes to worst, you get dragged around for a couple minutes and then you pop out on the bank. So you're pretty confident in your swimming ability. No. Uh-uh. Oh, okay. no, I'm not. Uh, <laughs> just hoping I would just end up over there. That's where the tide would just drag me around. Like, you're, yeah. you're, you're airless for like you know 120 seconds, and it's just like hopefully I'll hit a rock and then yeah. slide I'm on. Confident in just my op- optimism, but not in my swimming. Um. All right. What's your uh, What's the best Star Wars movie out? The best Star Wars movie. Um, I would have to say mm, that one's tough. I like Revenge of the Sith. I think that's the third one. Kyle, what are your thoughts? I approve. Yeah. I mean, as long yeah. as you don't say seven, eight, or nine, or like Rogue One, it's a good answer. No. Uh uh-uh. uh. No. Yeah. Um, yeah. Episode three's solid answer. Good. It's a good one. I like. What's um, because oh, what's the order? It's so four, it's five, one, six, two, three. Yeah, five, or you mean like release order or like? <laughs> I don't like the because one one through nine is the because the, the first three are like uh, it out. yeah it's four five six one two three seven yeah eight. okay and what's I forget what's which one's the one with Han Solo and like Chewie and like they're in the woods and like they come across like the Ewoks. Pretty sure that would be six. Yeah, I like that one too. I forgot I forget the name of that one. So it it was um the, the Empire Strikes Back or no? No, that was that was five. Uh, I think it would be Return of the Jedi. Yeah. Come on, super fan. You should yeah. know this. That's why I'm so kicking to you. Yeah, yeah. I'm I do I do love Star Wars though. I am a big Star Wars fan. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Do you, watch you... The, you watch the new shows? No, I don't really watch the shows. I mean, I don't like I'm a fan of like the OG, like six okay. of them. Yeah. 
Um, seven, eight, and nine. I mean, I saw those and I saw the first two in theater. I don't think I even cared to see the last one. They were just so boring and so bad. I remember being a kid and being like anxious, like, oh, what's going to happen next? One, two, and three. Mm. Four, five, and six obviously were great. But like seven, eight, nine, I'm like, what is happening? Where's the storyline taking? Us? Yeah. You yeah. You kind of get lost in. in the wash. It was bad. Yeah. Real bad. Exactly. Mm. Um, all right. Sheila, it's your birthday. Um, you're going to turn 24 here coming up. Um, you're going out for dinner with your bo- buddies. The night starts at a hibachi table. How clutch are you at the hibachi table? Are you catching everything? Everything. You, really? Everything. The shrimp got locked down. Veggies? Veggies too. All of it. It's Zero all misses? Snagged. No misses. Do you think you could work the hibachi table? Um, no, that depends. I think I could get the, the onion volcano going. I think I can figure that oh, one yeah. out. <laughs> Maybe land the egg in my hat. Yeah. I don't know. I think my tosses would be off. Okay. Slinging the shrimp. What's, I don't think I'd be able to. What's the most impressive hibachi trick that they have? I think the egg when they just flip the egg around. Well, and it's not only that. They get it like rote. It's like buzzing yeah. around and spinning and then they do the flip. Yeah. Yeah. That one I think is the most impressive. Well, you- first, first they just put it out on the table and they roll it and they go egg roll. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> And they're like, oh my god! Like, and they get you every time. Yeah, <laughs> every time they get you. Um, Adam, do you think the egg breaks in the hat after the flip? Um, no, I think they got a little net in there or something. You think there's somebody in there for catching like pillow. these eggs? Yeah, I could be just bringing them down. Yeah, <laughs> why the hats are like that tall? There's a little. Bit yeah, there's got to be like a little cushion room in there. No, Ratatouille's up there just. Yeah, on these with a glove on. I feel like Ev should know. If, if anyone here knows, it'd be you, Ev. Me? Yeah. Why is that? Your heritage. <laughs> this is your your culture, your history. Yeah, my Italian, my Italian background, being a bomberito. <laughs> <laughs> um. Hey, uh, Adam. Describe each of the hosts, including myself, with a few just select words. Starting with Evan. Evan, gritty, uh, legend, um, razzles. <laughs> Perfect. Oh, that one. <laughs> uh, Kyle, I'd go blue for life. Uh, wait, what's the blues? What? Yeah, it was the blues. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, oh okay. yeah. All right. Yeah. Blue. Once a blue, always a blue. Um, <laughs> go Florida. <laughs> uh, and I don't know, the beach. I feel like that you one lost just- me. Yeah, you kind of you struggled there. Yeah. Bring it home, uh, bring it home strong. I'd, I'd go Bucky, as you can see behind you. Um, Mike's sidekick. 
<laughs> Holy stretch. Okay, let's do. Um, and I don't know, but if I could just put a picture of like the thing you posted the other day with your hair like over your eyes, yeah. If I could just count that headshot cutout as one, I'd do that. Well, I appreciate it. Thank you, uh-huh. Yeah, of course. Uh, do you guys have any other questions for this beauty? Uh, I'm just wondering why you're wearing a headband. Uh, hair's getting way too long, um, and I'm not getting it cut, and uh, I'm just gonna let it grow out and try and you know get the flow going a little bit. And, let it run. Uh, yeah. I I was wearing hats for a while, uh, and no offense to anyone wearing a hat right now, I wore one for basically like almost every day to work because I didn't want to shower in the morning because I'm a night shower, and to hide my hair, I'd wear the hat. And I started to notice I was losing a lot of hair every day in the shower, like more hair than ever was more and more and more. And I'm like, it really is true what they say about hats, like hats will cause you to lose hair. So I have stopped. And now every time I wake up, I just throw the headband on, makes it look like I tried to like, you know, make myself presentable for the day. uh, And I go to work. Sweet. So I did miss uh, a little bit when, when my power went out from the lightning. Yeah, that lightning really um, came yeah. to get you. Uh, anyways, when you were talking about that summer league, are there any other, uh, like, what other goalies are in that league? Would we know any? Is Ned in there? Uh, no, Ned's not in there. I feel like Ned's more of a Detroit guy now. Isn't that where he kind of shacks up in the summer? Or I guess all year round, though. Yeah. Yeah, so he, I don't think he comes home much. Um, but Colin Purcell, uh, he's in the league. And then Alex cool. Houston. Another Penticton uh, guy. Yeah. Another, another Vaughn guy. guy. Yeah. A couple of Vaughn guys. And, I think uh, Houston's a Vaughn guy. Houston, uh, I didn't know you guys knew him. He's uh, I, I just met him like through this year. He's at Canisius. Unbelievable kid. Super nice. Very polite. Yeah. Very respectable. And uh, he kind of got, I don't know, he got somebody's old gear from Canisius. Oh, yeah. He took ladders thing. gear. That's right. Yeah. Like he had, they had an extra set or something, which I didn't really understand. But anyways, um, he got to order himself a custom set this year, and he went with ice, and uh, they're pretty sweet. So, but yeah, really good dude. Vaughn. Huh? He's going Vaughn. Yeah, big time. I mean, sell. There's a sell monopoly for Vaughn. Yeah, that's what we want. Maybe, maybe we'll you guys have the, the Cleveland Summer League locked down. <laughs> that is, it's a very prestigious summer league that everyone's kind of going after. I would say so. It goes like the sell, and then like maybe the Michigan league and then maybe like the Debuty league probably. Really? Yeah. I think you're just saying that cause I'm here with you. Not that I have any allegiance to like the uh, East side league, but yeah, I appreciate it. Could. That. I don't know. Or I just was throwing some shade at the beauty league. Yeah. Minnesota guys. We're tired of hearing about Minnesota. aren't we? Yeah. Yeah. Sick and tired of it. <laughs> All right. Uh, Adam, thank you so much. Good luck this upcoming season. You're going to have a fresh kit rolling in for uh training camp in Dallas. Perfect. Um, I think that's pretty much it, dude. Thanks for wasting time with us. Yeah, no, anytime. Thanks for having me, guys. We appreciate it, and we'll see you soon. All right, sounds good. Cheers, fellas.